Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Raiders! Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever! You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted to the piano at the 50, high running down, Oakland football, and I think Oakland victory. The Raiders have scored on the most famous, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can win. Hey, hey. Check one, two, check one, two. We used to do this with tin cans and a string, so we're good. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Fancy microphones. I well, I'm down and you're up, so. Okay, well, you know, we're all right. Can you hear yourself or not? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah. I got, I got, I got. Yeah, there it is. But I got to turn it down because you uh, are. Hey, you're Mister Overmodulation. Okay. Well, I'm on the levels. I'm not. I'm not. So, you, in my ear, you are though. How about now? Um, check, check. Oh, there I am. There I am. Really good right now. Well, I, there you go. Okay, good. You're just a little loud, but. 
Okay, uh, where am I at? What is up, Raider <laughs> Nation? Your old buddy Murph back once again for another what we hope to be fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Don't mind my uncle. He's over there <laughs> plugging things <laughs> in, turning knobs, <laughs> and doing his sound check on the fly uh, because... Because uh, I'm an idiot. Well, you know, it, 7.15 comes fast, Mosh. And you know, and when 7.15 hits, it's time to hit the button. So uh, anyways, welcome to, uh, to another episode of Raiders Fan Radio. This is episode... Episode number 116 of Raiders Fan Radio. And thank you all so much for, for joining us here for an, another great episode. Thank you for everybody that's joining us live in the chat. We see I see Juan Espany in there. Uh, Chris Potts, Chevy Raider, Adamisk, Sculling, uh, Kevin the Raider Nerd, James, Mojo, Alex Rodriguez, Herman Munster. Thank you all so much for joining us. Ron, what's up, Ron? And uh, thank you for joining us uh, for episode number 116 of Raiders Fan Radio. Oh. So much to to get to tonight and you know i can't get to it by myself so let's welcome in to the southern annex of the murph fan cave desk as he evacuates his spit into his powerade <laughs> cup the one and only uncle Maj. what's up uncle Maj? man i'm so glad to be here uh we're, we're running around we're crazy you know we we started our prep two and a half three hours ago i was gonna say minutes but yeah and we were like no but i mean we were like all like you know oh no we got we're we got good time. we were calm we were yeah. playing around and, stuff. and next thing you know we're like 30 seconds to air go i'm in the bathroom you know i'm like what 30 seconds no it, i gotta go man it, it gets up on you quick mosh yeah it yeah sure yeah it's a, i think oh. it's age hey uh <laughs> hey don't forget to look down the barrel of your camera i say hi to Raider nation Hey Raider Nation! You know, if it, it, it's so funny Ooh, if I if I'd move the camera, it'd make it a little easier. But we don't do everything anything easy. No, no, we no. don't have a producer, so we no. got to do all this stuff by ourselves. And so, uh, anyways, uh, anyways, thanks again for joining us. Uh, real quick, uh, I see a couple <laughs> of a uh, couple of questions down there already. First off, welcome Jesse Raider, uh, new to the show. Appreciate uh, the, the compliment, of course. And um, uh, asking about T-shirts. I promise I swear I feel like I say this every week. I promise you we have new T-shirts on the way. Uncle Mosh and I finally finalized our we design. Did, we did. We finally finalized what we're going to do, and uh, we're going to get with this T-shirt guy. And that's that's coming very – like, we're going to order T-shirts, like, within the next couple of weeks, and then it will probably take another week or so before we get them. But we will definitely have those things ready to go, ready to sell, and uh, and up and running for the draft. And I know uh, we owe a couple of you uh, T-shirts just as favors. I know Ruben in Vegas, I got one coming to you and, and, and one to Ron. And so, anyways, uh, so we, we're, we're aware. We're remembering. Remembering, and uh, we just, you know, again, we need a producer, Mosh. We need somebody to help keep us on track for all this other stuff. Uh, then we have nobody to blame. Oh, Actually, yeah. we'd have everybody to blame. We'd have every because yeah. it would be nice to just have someone to point a finger at and go, you blew it. Yeah, well, right now, it's we're like two guys in an elevator. If somebody farts, everybody knows who did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fart in an elevator, isn't that like an Aerosmith song? Uh, it might I think be. so. It might be. All right, so uh, anyway, so episode number 116 of Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, kind of run down like this. We're going to do some contact info, as you know, and then uh, we're going to talk about uh, number 116, the significance of that number. We're going to talk about the Raiders playing baseball once again. We're going to talk about John, uh, what's his name? John Gruden and Mike Mayock and their approaches to free agency. Uh, a very famous referee has retired. We're going to talk about one particular two-time Super Bowl winning head coach and his uh, uh, involvement with the Hall of Fame or lack thereof. Uh, we're going to give you a draft update. We got an 
awesome, awesome interview. One of the best interviews uh, that we've ever done, if I don't uh, mind saying so. And then, of course, our favorite part of the show, which is your phone calls, your emails, and then we're going to wrap it up with the Raiders in pop culture. So uh, before we get going... Uh, please uh, subscribe and uh, support Raiders Fan Radio by subscribing uh, to Raiders Fan Radio, always giving us the proverbial thumbs up, uh, whether that be on uh, audio podcast or video podcast. For those of you that are already in the chat, you know this. For those of you listening, a great way to participate in the show is to join us live. We try to go you know, six, seven o'clock Eastern, uh, on Wednesdays. And, uh, you can find us youtube.com slash Murph's fan cave. You could subscribe to us, hit the thumbs up button, hit the bell as they say, smash that bell. And then you'll never, uh, you'll never miss an episode and join in with the awesome, awesome community of Raiders fans that join us every Wednesday for the live broadcast. For those of you audio wise, you can find us on any podcast service like Apple stitcher, whatever. And there's an app. You can find us. If you're uh, an Android user, you can find the Raiders fan radio app. Just search for Murph's fan cave and you'll find us, uh, anywhere. And you can find that app that way. All right. Uncle Mosh, you got our contact information there? I do. Oh. As he knocks over his... <laughs> All right, boys and girls, pay attention. You got your old Uncle Mosh here with an update. That's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, uh, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh. He twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you wanted to, you if you wanted to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us. On the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. Gosh, guys, I apologize for all this buffering that's been going on with the show here lately. I'm not sure what's going on. We got fiber into the house. Uh, we don't typically have any internet issues, so I'm not sure what the deal is with the with the buffering here it's lately. It's fiber. Huh? I don't know what yeah, it is. We tried why... to blame it on the weather last I week, know, and that, right? did, that didn't work. So but... I got to school, and I, and I, and I was telling them some of my tech kids, I'm like, yeah, man, the, the, uh, the weather killed us. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the weather, man, the weather. It, it, messed, with, it messed with our YouTube. And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? And they're like, uh, weather doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, we weren't near as cold as 90% of the nation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, I don't know. Oh. What, I don't know what the deal is, man. We got, like I said, we got, we have all the internets. We have all the internets coming into the house here. And so I'm not, not sure what goes on there, but anyway, so we'll just, uh, we'll do best we can with it. So I apologize, uh, to you all that w- when it buffers and, and hitches on you there. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not sure what, what to do on that. I guess I need to call AT&T or something, but anyway, we'll figure it out. So, uh, thank you for joining us. And first off on our show, we uh, like to give respect. We don't do shouts. We don't do props. We don't do things like that. Nothing like there's anything wrong with those. Uh, but we choose to give respect. And so a couple of guys, actually three, 
three people we want to give respect to this week. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give respect to Micah and Tyler. Uncle Mosh, they are from the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. And I uh, uh, had a, uh, a chance to sit down with those guys uh, virtually and, uh, and join them on their podcast, the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. It was a lot of fun, man. They, those guys are great. Uh, they do a great job. And it was a lot of fun getting on there and hooting and hollering and talking about the Raiders. So I uh, appreciate the invite from Micah and Tyler and definitely support what they're doing out there. You know, as our, our buddies over at the Pillaging Podcast say, uh, a rising tide raises all pirate ships, man. There is plenty of Raiders podcasts to go around. So definitely support. Uh, uh, everyone out there that's doing a great job with the Raiders podcasting and uh, and especially to those two guys, to Micah and Tyler, uh, great job with your show and thank you for uh, for the invite. To uh, And we're, we're going to return the favor and have you, we're going to extend our uh, plank to our pirate ship and have you guys join us uh, here probably this spring. Uh, one more I want to give uh, respect to Mosh is that uh, this last Sunday we did a Super Bowl special for those of you that missed it. Mosh and I uh, sat down and all we did was relive the glories of the silver and black in the Super Bowl. We didn't talk about today or the Super Bowl, the most recent one. All we did was talk about past Raiders victories in the Super Bowl. Had an absolute blast doing it. And um, something happened interestingly in the middle of that show. Uh, we had a troll pop up there in the chat. Yeah, that, that and, was uh, weird, man. Was, I didn't like that. No, we have such a great an amazing community of people uh, that, that join us on the on the chat during our live shows, and then so and it's hard for me to keep up with the chat because again we don't have a producer, so I'm doing 900 other things. <laughs> and, and 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 what I do is I just push one button, and I've already knocked over the <laughs> iPad, spilled my drink, and I think it's the only reason you, people think I wear black because it's it's. Raider Nation. No, it's because I just dribbled all the way down my shirt. Everything I own that's not black, you can see. I got coffee on this side, yeah. spaghetti sauce, dip spit. I got it all, man. You got it all. So, you know, I, I sat down and, and I've spilled everything, so I'm good to go. You're good to go. Yeah. So Uncle Mosh can't moderate the chat. So, no. uh, so anyway, so I glanced down at one point during the show, during the Super Bowl show, and there's all this, like, Hateful Awful crap, crap like racist stuff going, on. and I'm like, whoa, like what no, the heck? Ain't us. So I try to go and delete, st- and I'm like, I- I'm I'm almost in panic mode, and then I- I'm like, oh wait, I think you can make somebody a moderator, right, to right, make right. the that that can then handle that kind of stuff, you know, during the thing that can delete people and block them and whatever. And it was like, uh, you know, the angels were singing in my ears as I I read the name Ron Strat, and I'm like, yes, I'm like Ron, I'm like I know I we could trust Ron. So I hit the button, gave him the, the moderator uh, rights, and and sure enough, man, Ron went to work and handled business, and thank you to Ron. Much, much respect, dude, for going in there and blocking that guy and getting rid of that 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 trash that he was spewing in there. And uh, so Ron's in there now. We you know we always joke that we can't do the show of officially until Ron joins us in the chat. So knowing that Ron is a, is a kind of a fixture there, he's going to keep that wrench next to his name, and he's going to remain our – we're going to call him – the Materator. The Materator. And so thank you to you, Ron, for bailing us out in that moment and uh, and really appreciate um, you, you taking on that mantle. You know, So I, I messaged back and forth with Ron a little bit uh, a couple days ago. And and uh, so he's going to do that for us, Mosh. So he's going to be the man. He's going to be the made man in the, uh, in the chat room, the Materator. The so, Materator, So much, yeah. much uh, respect to Ron for that. So thank you very, very much. Um, okay. So we always, Mosh, name our shows – 
uh, our episode number after something significant within Raider Nation. Uh, you know, whether that be a Jersey number, a yardage total, sometimes that's a year. Sometimes we do something funky with it and we turn it backwards and whatever. Uh, but this week is pretty straightforward. So this is episode number 116 of Raiders fan radio and uncle Mosh, do you remember the game this year? I'm going to tell you the date. You won't remember the date, which was December 9th, but I will tell you the game. That was the Raiders against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nice. Nice. That was, that? that was the first time. Uh, this season I didn't get to watch with you. It was. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We had our buddy Dave Northrup came over. Right, right. And uh, Dave Northrup, uh, prior to the show, hung out with us, and he's a Steelers fan. And so we poked fun at one another, and he played the drums for us. And it was a really fun episode. And uh, David made a comment during that show that he hates coming over here to watch Steelers and Raiders games because the he, Raiders always win. That's right. He's never seen the Raiders-Steelers <laughs> game where they didn't, where, where he didn't walk home with his head down. With his head down. I loved it. And so we sent him packing once again, Mosh. He came over for the game. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the Raiders won. And during that game, the big receiving performance of the game uh, was Jared Cook. So Carr, our quarterback, that guy that everybody criticizes all the time, yeah, he was only 25 for 34 for 322 yards of two touchdowns in that game. Right, uh, right. And, and his favorite target of that game was Jared Cook. Uh, Jared didn't get in the end zone that game. That was Lee Smith and Derek Carrier scoring the touchdowns. But Jared Cook had 116 yards receiving wow. in that game, Mosh. And uh, this is what it sounded like. Devin, a race play at the line of scrimmage. Second down, going to throw it for the first time. Looking for Cook, and there he is. Penalty flag comes down. The reception is made. Empty backfield at the Steelers' 35-yard line. Quick slant. And once more. Caught on first down, wide open down the middle. <laughs> wide open. How in the world do you leave Jared Cook that wide open? Go down in seven, only a four-man rush. And there is Cook yet again, a very quiet game. This guy's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. So is this guy. What a year it's been for Jared Cook. Smart football player. I love that. So he's like, how do you leave Jared Cook that wide open? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he's by far the best pass catcher on our team uh, this last year. I mean, you know, what a stud, man. I'm so glad he got, got a chance to make the Pro Bowl. Granted, he went in as an alternate, but still, didn't he matter. was there. It didn't matter. He was there representing uh, the Raiders. And, uh, and so, great season uh, by him. And absolutely happy to celebrate Jared Cook on this episode number 116 of Raiders Fan Radio. And Uncle Mosh, I hope we get him back. Yeah, no kidding, right? And uh, all right, so, hey, our first audio clip. Let's go back in time because it may be, hey, we may be going back there. Who knows? Hey, this is Pete Koch, former Los Angeles Raiders. Yeah, back in the old days, baby. And you're listening to Murph and Uncle Mosh, who happens to have the same hair as me. Check it out. Raiders Fan Radio. All right, Raider Nation, thanks again for joining us on the episode. And, uh, yeah, so who knows where the Raiders are going to play. Uh, so, Mosh, there was an article that came out this week, or actually it was a tweet, I believe. It was uh, somebody affiliated with a news station, I believe, uh, that, was, uh, that, that gave this account that the Raiders were going to officially play the 2019 season in Oracle Park where the San Francisco Giants play. <laughs> 
And now for something completely different. Not so fast, mister. <laughs> what do you mean, Marsh? Not so fast. I thought it was a done deal. It's not a done deal. Hit me with that NFL report. After all the tumult in Oakland here last year, do we know where they're playing in 2019 yet? We do not. And there was a local report last night that uh, included the fact that the Raiders had chosen to play at the home of the San Francisco Giants. My understanding is that's a little premature. That has not, in fact, been improved, approved by the 49ers and may not be. They have territorial rights, essentially the right to San Francisco, and they could potentially block the Raiders from playing there. The NFL hasn't signed off either. Meanwhile, the 49ers guys have opened themselves up and said if the Raiders want to play at Levi's, that is a possibility, as still is Oakland. So, Mosh, so the Raiders negotiate with the folks that run Oracle Park. Right, right. They come to a deal. Get, they get it all worked out. They get it all worked out, and then they forget to ask the city <laughs> and the NFL <laughs> if it's okay if they play there. Now, look. You and I, those of you that pay attention enough to uh, our show, and especially the ones on the, that watch Mondays with Mikey and Murph and call me an apologist and a bootlicker and uh, how nothing's ever wrong and the team can do no wrong. Uh, so here you go. <laughs> uh, Mr. Davis, I respect the heck out of everything that you've done for this team. Uh, but this negotiating with the facility before you got approval from the league, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of not with you on this. And so now you've backed yourself into a corner, Mark Davis. Uh, again, nothing but love, man. But you back yourself into a corner. Now you've either got to play it out in Oakland and pay them to essentially sue you, or you got to go be the little brother to the Niners down in Santa Clara. Mosh, what's going on here, oh man? How do you, what, what is, what is this? I mean, I know what it means, but what do you think? Is like he, what, what uh, is he doing? Is he having, is he having flashbacks to Baltimore loading up their U-Haul <laughs> van in the middle of the night to move to Indianapolis? Uh, what is going on here? Uh, you know, it's Jeez. funny that, you know, and now look, we're A's fans. Okay. We're, we like the giants too. It got, got love for the giants, but we're, you know, I'm an A's fan. Sure. Uncle Mosh maybe leans. You probably lean a little more I, giant I, than you do A's. I, I lean a little more A's than we do giants, yeah, yeah. but it's funny that the A's once upon a time, of course, now they want this whole rooted in Oakland thing, which yeah, is all yeah, yeah. hooey because they've tried to move numerous times, including they had a deal done where they were going to move to Santa Clara and be Cisco. They're, they're going to be the San Jose A's or the Fremont A's, whatever. Uh, 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 Santa Clara A's, not Fremont. They were going to be the, the Santa. Hold on, I'm messing this all up now. They, they were, were going to be, be the Santa. They were going to be the elsewhere A's, the San Jose A's, which was technically the ballpark was going to be in Santa Clara, but it was going to be at Cisco Field. They already had a naming sponsor. They had the plans drawn up. They had it was a done deal, and the San Francisco Giants blocked the A's by right. saying we own the territorial rights to the South Bay where San Jose uh. is, and they kept the the A's from moving. So a San Francisco team blocked an Oakland team right, from moving right, to Santa Clara. Right. Now here we got a San Francisco team blocking an Oakland team from moving to San Francisco because the San Francisco <laughs> team plays in Santa Clara. You, am I missing something? That, and, and did the New York Giants ever play in New York? <laughs> I don't know. Did they play? They played at Yankee they, Stadium, they, I think, they, like, back in the day. Once. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, but that's this is crazy. just bananas. Like, you know. Um, well, you know, remember the Warriors? 
The Warriors were the were before the, they were the Golden State Warriors back in the day were the San Francisco Bay Warriors. It was Philadelphia first. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then I'm the talking, San Francisco, I'm right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they, they weren't in San Francisco. Uh, and now uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So here's what I you know just when you think we're kind of out of the dysfunctional realm, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we just talked about the other day about how you know it's taken like ten years, man, to get past really because when did Al pass away? Twenty eleven. You know what I mean? And so, like, it's so now here we are, 2019. So eight years ago, we lost Al. And, you know, the last few years of Al was pretty dysfunction. Of course, it was always some level of dysfunction, it seems like, in the Al Davis-owned uh, uh, Raiders. But but that said, it's like to get all the way back, like, it seems like we spent all this time kind of removing this dysfunction. And, like, we're still kind of kind of there. And, you know, I, I feel like it's going to go completely away once we get to Vegas but Mosh, this next year, man, like, I mean, we've not known where the Raiders were going to play for a while, but let me ask you, though, I'll just, we'll wrap it up by saying this. What do you think is the better option? Going to Oakland, paying Oakland to essentially not only sue you, but sue the league, or going and playing little brother to the Niners and playing in Santa Clara for a year? Which, what's, is there a better option? Or they both suck. Well, well, I know they both suck, but I mean. Well, both options suck, but you, you got to look at it. Okay. So. Do and, you- let me, and let me clarify. I don't mean suck because playing in Oakland suck. I mean the conditions around them paying the money to get sued and all. That part of it sucks. Not being in Oakland, not for Oakland fan. I'm not saying that. So just to clarify there. Sorry. Go so ahead. so as, as the diehard fan, the Oakland Raiders diehard fan, how awesome will it be to see San Francisco's stadium decked out in silver and black? Yeah. You know, call it little brother, but you know, yeah. or what you whatever you want, but I don't know, man. I think that would be just that would be so kick ass to see See Levi's Stadium actually see sell Levi out once. Stadium <laughs> sell out once. And you know that if and if and if and if Raider fan is there, you know, for the Raider games. Raider fan might show up for San Francisco games. So no matter who they're playing, let's say the 49ers are playing whoever, the Cowboys or whoever, to see Raider fans in that stadium. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know, man. That would be, that be, that would be really they're cool. Not, Niner tickets are not hard to get. My brother still lives right down the road where, where, where we were. Uh, well, they give them away with Slurpees. <laughs> Just about, you know, they, just they, about, really, they really are easy to get. They really are. My brother all the time, he, he says, like, he's like, I like, I kind of, well, of course, obviously he doesn't like it when his team's bad, but he's like, the nice thing about your team being bad, it's not hard to get a ticket. Right, like, right, I right. can go and I can go for cheap. When they're good and all the bandwagon comes out, it's a pain in the neck. And my brother, for being an idiot Niner fan, uh, you know, he's loyal. He's a real fan. He doesn't bandwagon it, right, that's for sure. Right, and, You know, you what know I mean? so, so on the other sorry, end. Sorry, Alan, I just called you an idiot on the air. But, sorry, you know, Alan. Uh, so on the other side, so if if the Raiders, if they say, okay, when you're talking, when you're talking the millions and millions of dollars that that we're playing with, if they if they pay the bribe, call it what it is, you know, if they pay the, is it seven million, nine it's million, like seven and a half million, seven yeah. and a half million, and they and they say, okay, if we look at it and we we cut our losses and we got a home stadium, let's let's call it an increase in the rent, call it whatever you want, pay it. Cut your losses. Move on. Let's go. Let's just play one more. I think it's got to be it. I, I think that's ultimately where it comes. Now, granted, I'm biased. 
I'm wearing an Oakland Raiders shirt. I want them to be an Oakland Raiders. I mean, that's yeah. that I don't because yeah. yeah. then you get into the like if they do play in San Francisco, what's the naming convention going to be? Are sure. you going to call them the Raiders? Are you going to call me Oakland? like, uh, let's just avoid all that. Look, Mark, just bite the bullet, man. I know it sucks. I just said it a minute ago and I still mean it. It sucks that you're going to have to finance or subsidize a lawsuit against you and the league, frankly. And that's where I wonder how the NFL comes out on this. Because, look, the city of Oakland is not just suing the Raiders. They're suing the NFL. I mean, when you listen to the rhetoric and the comments that have been made, they're talking about the ownership group of the NFL. They're not talking about just Mark Davis in a vacuum. So I'm really curious to how the league is going to react to that. So, look, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, the sooner the better. Uh, it's, it's, it's time for them to, to, to get out of Dodge, but, uh, I don't think this is, this is one of those things, man. There's not a good answer here. There's just no, one or the no, other no. and you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to it's, grin it's and bear fire it. for the fire though. It gives us something to talk about in the off season. We will be literally talking <laughs> about this all off season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see here. All right. Next story up. Uh, our buddy, Matt Schneidman, uncle Mosh, uh, yeah. writer for the Bay area news group and the San Jose Mercury news. Uh, Matt Schneidman had a fantastic article out this week. Might have been last week, but regardless, um, I, I thought it was cool, and I wanted to bring it up here on the show. Uh, we're a big fan of Matt's work, and he had this really nice article, I thought, uh, detailing kind of the overall high-level view of what the Raiders were going to do this offseason. And I know that's always a hot topic in the chat, and it's always a hot topic in social media. People love to speculate. What's the team going to do? What players are we going to go after free agency? What players are we going to go after in the draft? Are we going to move around in the draft? Are we going to draft with just the picks that we have now? Like what? Like everybody loves to speculate on that stuff. And they're always fun conversations to have. So Mosh, uh, Matt has this article and he kind of goes through and talks about some of what the, I, what is Mayock's footprint to use Matt's words? What is his footprint going to be? on this draft what are some of the things that he's gonna do and he kind of alludes to the fact that mayock might they call, he calls him vegas mike in the article not in <laughs> reference to the city we're gonna play in but to the idea that he might move around he might wheel and deal a little bit what do you think about that i you know i i love what he said that 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 mayock said if i had the first pick in the draft or if i had two picks i'd be open for business hey buddy you got three <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're open yeah flip that are, sign around oh you are my open gosh yeah so uh who knows what's gonna happen who knows what's gonna i mean you got you got all kinds of stuff to play with here you're holding all the cards so it's gonna be great it's gonna be it's gonna be wide open man absolutely so you know i i like the idea and he mentions a couple of names uh in the article so start off let's start off with free agency free agency happens first and free agency kind of sets up the draft a little bit and i think there's some very interesting names out there of course there's Jadevian Clowney is very interesting but i think frank clark is probably the more attainable player especially in terms of uh, now the raiders are gonna have a lot of money they're gonna have 74 million dollars at last count to spend in the offseason but Jadevian Clowney uh might be a little bit more than what the raiders are going to want to spend where frank clark uh could be a little bit more in the wheelhouse of what they want to spend and if you if you i hate to use the word save but if you avoid overspending on one guy like you spend it on Clark versus Clowney 
then that leaves you money to then spend elsewhere. And I like Landon Collins a lot as a name. Um, You're talking about a safety for the Giants. Uh, just an amazing football player, and we know we need a safety. Uh, you know, he, he he's a very good tackler. He can cover tight ends. We know we need somebody to cover tight ends, and so I think that's a really really interesting couple of names in free agency. And of course, and the other name that comes up a lot is uh, interior linebacker C.J. Mosley right, right. from the Ravens. So I I kind of like those as as some of the names for the Raiders to target. Zero uh, percent chance on on Le'Veon Bell. Zero percent chance on Antonio Brown. The Raiders just spent this offseason and season frankly uh getting rid of ego guys the last thing they're gonna do is spend a whole bunch of money on two more ego guys like that ain't gonna happen if you're gonna spend 17 million dollars a year and 45 guaranteed on Le'Veon bell then why didn't you just sign cleo mack exactly you know what i mean exactly. like that's way too much money for a guy that's approaching 30 anyways so and a running back like i, I don't i don't i don't see that and antonio brown man he's an amazing player he's arguably the best player disposition in the whole freaking league the guy is an absolute knockout player he's amazing but you're not gonna spend that much money on a guy nope. that that's uh, that's got the you know the quote ego and been the diva the diva wide receiver i don't see fitting in with the raiders do you no it's and it's and it's it's funny that you say that because when you have when you have the ability to you have three first round draft picks and you have the ability to trade and you're gonna want to you're gonna want to consider all that. How it's important how he's gonna fit into the scheme, how he's gonna fit into the locker room, Absolutely. how he's gonna how he's gonna fit into what you're trying to build. You know, uh, that was part of the reason. If you remember right, part of the reason when, when there was a lot of mixed emotion when they brought Marshawn on. Yeah, you know, there was Good because point. because that old scheme, that old system before Gruden got there. Marshawn, you know, everybody said, well, he's going to be a distraction. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. You know, and he never really panned out one way or the other. You know, there was a lot of people that were still out to lunch on him until yeah. Gruden came in. And then we started seeing all this stuff about uh, about D.C. going to him for advice. that yes. Playing the role that that, that older player needed to play so absolutely that's, that's definitely something that they're going to be looking at you're right that's that's a great point marshawn's leadership uh, ability was always there his ability to demonstrate it openly that really showed up under gruden absolutely and it, and, and we covered i remember that last this last offseason during uh uh during training camp and whatnot i mean we played audio clips of of Derek going to Marshawn for advice and to, and for his you know help even and, when Pepe that was there that day that absolutely he was there, that's exactly you know? right yeah that was great so great, great point Mosh uh, and then in terms of the draft the other thing that that uh, that Matt covers in this article and I think here's what a key point is and I want I want to really drive this one home um, I, f- I felt this way for a long time and I think that it it's it's it really rings true Raider Nation and just remember this when we're going through this process and we watch what the team does. Those first three draft picks are really sexy. It's it's really cool to think about the options and the opportunities that the Raiders have, what they can do with those top three picks. What's not as sexy is the seven that come after that. But that's where your team gets built. And that's what Mike Mayock will tell you, is that the seventh round pick is just as important as the first round pick. He will spend just as much time researching what to do with the seven round, seventh round pick as he will what to do with the first round pick because that's where your team is built. Now, you can the old saying goes, you draft your superstars in the first round and you draft your team everywhere else. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you build the foundation of your football team is in those latter rounds. So as much fun as we're going to have 
uh, speculating and and w- even watching day one of the draft is going to be a freaking blast, man. Watching the Raiders pick or trade or do whatever they do, day one is going to be an absolute blast. But where the success of our team is going to be defined and where the legacy of Mike Mayock and John Gruden and all that is going to be defined is going to be from two to seven, probably even from three to seven. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? So just keep that in mind as we're going through this process and, and, and going through and we watch our team uh, go through the draft here in, in 2019. All right, Mosh, you got anything else on that no. draft or Matt Schneidman there? I'm done. I'm done right. with Schneidman. Let's move on. All right, let's hit the, <laughs> let's hit the chat one more time uh, before we get into the uh, to another story here. I uh, appreciate Joseph Morales, Raider Rich, Aaron the Q-Dog, Raider, uh, Raider Ramon I see in there, Eyepatch, what's up Eyepatch, Chris Potts, Stackanova, uh, James M, San Diego Raider, uh, and appreciate everybody joining us and supporting Raiders Fan Radio as you always do. All right, Uncle Mosh, we had a, we had a retirement. Okay. This this year. Is it was it a was it, were we glad to see him go? Was he on the Q Dog hit list? Oh, this guy's been on the Q Dog hit list for like <laughs> 17 years. Has he been on the Q Dog hit list since before there was a Q Dog <laughs> hit list? I, 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 absolutely. Is he the reason for the Q Dog hit list? Absolutely. <laughs> Q Dog may have been in college as a Q Dog when this guy absolutely. first ended up on the hit list. I don't know what it, what year Aaron was in college, but it's been let me just say this. This guy has been on 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 my hit list uh, and most of Raider Nation's hit list uh, since since 2001 when the Tuck rule happened. And look, this is the guy that was officially responsible for the Tuck rule. Look, you can hate Tom Brady, hate the Patriots, whatever you want to do. You can hate him, Adam Vinatieri, Bill Belichick. You can hate them all. But the guy that was responsible for the Tuck rule was referee Walt Coleman. Referee Walt Coleman is the one that stepped in. And remember this, Raider Nation overturned a correctly called play on the field right it was called a fumble right. on the field and this fool went in there and misinterpreted a rule and applied it and changed it he overturned it dang it that pisses just even thinking it's about it now nuts. pisses me off he freaking overturned it so it, i heard at referee meetings he gives out three by five index cards oh my gosh so just crazy so anyways wall coleman officiated his last game in the pro bowl good riddance see ya riddance see you goodbye double tap that career q dog for i mean it was just um no one will be more glad that this guy won't be involved with calling any more nfl games uh than raider nation and so uh i I bring it up because last week uh during the super bowl week uh, charles woodson was making his rounds on radio row and you know look they asked chuck about the tuck rule and he's very open in his opinion about it and uh you know none more respected in raider nation than uh than charles woodson so let's go ahead and hear his take uh to this day on the tuck roll. So I am mandated on behalf of New England fans everywhere, including the gentleman to my left, who you know is a New England fan, and also my wife. I turned my back to him. No, I understand you did. <laughs> 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 the, the difference is the tuck, do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied as it was written in the rule book? I do not. I do not. Come I on. feel like, here's an here's a interesting thing about it, the way I think about it. Mm-hmm. I watch the news a lot. You know, a lot of times you'll have you know, two economists on, t- on television, and they'll be talking about their economy. One will say the econ- economy is doing great, mm-hmm. and one will say it's in the tank. But you're like, oh, these are economists. They both have the same facts and figures, same numbers. How can they have differences of opinion, right? Two plus two is four, right? Mm-hmm. Two plus two is four? Yes. Correct. We're all in agreement. Right. So when you look at the missed call, 
if you ask 100% of Saints fans, 100% of uh, Rams fans, should it have been called, everybody would say yes. Yes. Two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. In our case, <laughs> two plus two mm-hmm. is still four, but they added one. So two plus two equaled five. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they were able to add their own interpretation into it. So they took a play, two plus two is four, mm-hmm. a fumble. They added their own interpretation and made it into an uh, incomplete pass. Because so, they ruled it a fumble and came back and looked at it. He, he's just he in was, the process of able, bringing it down was, when you hit He was able him. to take the rule and justify why he overturned it. So if, I, so if me and you were in a court of law... Mm-hmm. And you're arguing that his arm was going forward. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, show me the part where his arm's going forward. You would show the tape. You'd see his arm going forward. And then you'd bring it back. And then i say, well, tell me, when did he fumble? Did he fumble while his arm was going forward? And you would have to tell me, uh, no. He brought it when he brought it back into his body. Hence the tuck rule. Correct? Yes. Okay. So was he bringing it back into his body? Or was it into his body? So there's there's... There's a technicality to it. Hey, look, so the, he's not, he wasn't bringing the ball back into his body. When I hit him, he had it, both hands on the ball. It's in his body. He ain't bringing it back into his body. It's a fumble. He was getting fired up. There, you can hear he it, huh? Was, oh, man. You can hear it, Riley. When up. I hit him. <laughs> when I hit him. <laughs> yeah. You can hear it rile up, man. I love it. I love Charles Woodson, man. He is an absolute, just perfect ambassador uh, for Raider Nation and the Raiders, and he bleeds silver and black to this day. And uh, I'm with you, Mosh. You can hear the passion in him, and and that passion still uh, to this day, man. I mean, it still it riles us all up, man, and it, it's 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 great stuff. So, um, hey, let me interrupt you. Okay, hit the- iPad says Murph. Give him a quick math lesson. <laughs> hey, in the terms of the tuck rule, two plus two equaled five. That's all you need to know, man. All you need to know. Uh, so, you know, we love Charles Woodson around here. And so, you, you know, uh, I didn't want to end our Charles Woodson segment, even though we're going to celebrate Walt Coleman retiring and we got Charles's take on the, on the tuck rule. I didn't want to leave our Charles Woodson segment on a down note. And so in, in doing some of my research this week, I came across some audio of Charles Woodson in the very last time he put on a uniform and stepped on the field, which is the 2015 Pro Bowl. And guess who was on the sideline as a sideline reporter? Mosh? Tell me who it was. It was one and only John Gruden. Nice. And so Coach Gruden and Charles Woodson had a pretty fun exchange on the sideline of the Pro Bowl. So let's go ahead and listen to that uh, before we head on to the next segment. Charles, I'm your old coach, man. What's up, Groove Dog? What you doing out there on offense? Man, you didn't see me just working the cover two? That was one of the worst I just, I just worked the cover two and set myself in a honey hole. Wait on the, waiting on the ball. Ain't no clear out. You He's know playing that. offense. How can you be retiring from football? Why are you away from the game? You know what, Coach? To be honest with you, man, I'm just tired. And that, that's really all I can say. I've done all, all I can do out there, man. I gave it my all. And it comes a point in time, man, where you got to give it up. Tell me what you're going to miss the most. I'm going to miss being on the sideline. I'm going to miss running out there, man, before the game, being able to run out of the tunnel and hear the fans scream your name, scream whatever team you're on, man. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss standing out here you know, and listening to the national anthem. That's, I'm going to miss I'm gonna miss all that, man. God bless you. Good luck to you. I'm going to try and talk you out of retirement. Appreciate that, Coach. <laughs> you can try. I'm going to try and talk you out of retirement. <laughs> You're not the best. I wonder if he's still trying. I, you know what? <laughs> I, I think Charles, you know, look, look, mentally he was done. He says when you listen to him, uh, he says, I woke up in Detroit one morning 
And it was the first time in my life I ever had the feeling or the thought, I don't want to get up and go. Like he, he, he was, because he said he was tired. He did the first, and he said it was fleeting, but he knew even with that fleeting thought in his head that he was tired, that he didn't want to get up and go, that that was it. And that, and that was the day he decided he was going to, because remember, he didn't have a big drawn out retirement. No, 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 party, no like, celebration. Nothing like that. And he thankfully got a chance to say goodbye to the fans at home and all that stuff. But it wasn't like a, there wasn't no, it wasn't a big uh, 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 retirement tour like you see, you know, Derek Jeter and a lot of other famous right, players right, do. Right, right, He didn't have that. And it's because he didn't plan on retiring until that one day he woke up in Detroit. And so, you know, but I think that if it wasn't for that mental blip physically i think he could have played oh, another couple of years yeah yeah you know yeah. and i and i wish that he would have got a chance to 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 stick around that one extra year and join the raiders for that playoff run i mean even though Derek Carr got hurt and we probably didn't stand a chance in, in houston anyways it sure would have been nice to see chuck get one more shot at the playoffs man that would have been uh that would have been cool but all right so uncle mosh <sighs> speaking of the playoffs oh boy here we go all right this last week during the during the uh, the run up to the Super Bowl, uh, they have of course the the NFL honors, uh, b- big ceremony, the, the award ceremony, if you will, for the for the uh, for the NFL, and they announced their Hall of Fame finalists and Hall of Fame inductees uh, for the uh, for the upcoming season. And uh, Coach Flores, our, our uh, Tom Flores, uh, two time Super Bowl winning coach for the Raiders, was on the list. Okay, he was he was the on the short list. On the short list, he was on the list as a finalist, and uh, and he didn't make it uh, this year as an inductee. And so uh, the common theme around, of course, Raider Nation was Coach Flores got snubbed, and you know we agree, uh, we we fully agree uh, that that Coach Flores uh, was snubbed. Now uh, I am going to talk a little bit about the big picture on this thing, but first I want to play an audio clip. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about why he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. How many players like Tom? Minority, first quarterback. He played quarterback at a time when you could do everything that a quarterback you wanted to do as a defensive player, and he got up every time. He stayed in the pocket. He was not mobile. Stayed in the pocket, and he delivered the football. He played in Super Bowl. He won Super Bowl as a player. Then he becomes a coach. And interesting to me, uh, you talk about being slighted, uh, about people that belong in the Hall of Fame. He beat Joe Gibbs of the Washington Redskins. Joe Gibbs is, not a, is in the Hall of Fame, Tom Flores is not. He beat the Marv Levy's. He beat the Don Shulers in big games. And they're in the Hall of Fame. has reached the pinnacle with being uh, a quarterback and, and a coach. It's very commendable. First Latino to win a Super Bowl, how is he not in the Hall of Fame? I don't have an answer for that. He should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. There's coaches that are in the Hall of Fame that haven't done what Tom's done. First of all, I think he's got like four Super Bowl rings as a player, assistant coach, and a head coach. He's done it all, and he's been extremely successful in, on every level, so he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Give it to him while he's here. It's a tragedy that Tom Flores is not in the Hall of Fame, but his day is coming soon. Oh, 
All right, Mosh. So there you go. So here you, you hear some of, and those are, I mean, those are former players. That's Ron Wolf. That's uh, Carlos Santana. That's all kinds of people in there talking about the significance of Tom Flores' career and the fact that he should be in the Hall of Fame. So a couple key points there. So yes, he's a four-time Super Bowl champion. He won it once as a player. We covered this on our Super Bowl show. Right. He won it once as a player. He won it once as a coach. He won it uh, or assistant me, coach. Tw- yeah, once as assistant coach, and then twice as a as, as a head coach. Uh, his winning percentage against Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, he's he's got a, a better than five hundred winning percentage against Don Shula and Joe Gibbs and Bill Walsh. So there's when you look at Tom Flores' career. There is no doubt that you cannot tell the story of the NFL without telling the story of Tom Flores, the first Latino quarterback, the first Latino head coach to win a Super Bowl. Like there is a huge list of achievements that this man has has accomplished that qualify him as a Hall of Famer. Uh, When we look at his Raiders head coaching career, he has a 610 winning percentage as, as as a head coach. And, uh, and he has the two Super Bowl championships. When you consider just that in a vacuum, it puts him absolutely slam dunk in the middle of the Super Bowl era head coaches, okay? So when we look at Tom's winning percentage of 610, the highest on this list of Super Bowl era head coaches, winning percentages, number one is John Madden at 759, sure. okay? All the way at the bottom of that list is Weeb Eubank at 502. Okay. Right. right. Now, Weeb Eubank, a majority of his career came pre Super Bowl. For those of you that don't know, Weeb Eubank was the head coach of the Super Bowl three winning Jets. Okay. But Weeb, a majority of his career happened before that. So, out of all these guys on this list, he's the lowest. Above him is Marv Levy, whose Super Bowl winning or his winning percentage in the league was 561 and as we know marv had the the four straight super bowl appearances for the for the buffalo bills all right so i said all that to say this when we consider flores as a raider he fits slam dunk in the middle of of this thing when we look at the rest of his coaching career that's where i think the committee is getting hung up so i said all that to say this raider nation look it sucks we know it sucks but I'm trying to figure out what they're looking at. Like, I'm trying to understand why. Why would they keep him out? Like, it, there's all these wonderful things that this man has done in his career, all these significant things that he's done in his career. Why would they keep him out? And the only thing I can land on, Mosh, is that when you look at the last three years of his career, when he was the Seattle Seahawks head coach, and he came out from under the umbrella of Al Davis and the Raiders, it wasn't very good. And he has a 292 winning percentage. In the final three years, and that drags his overall coaching winning percentage down to 527. So when we look at the list of all these Super Bowl or the Super Bowl era coaches that are in the Hall of Fame, Coach Flores doesn't come close to their winning percentage. And that's, and I, th- I don't. What do you think? I, that's the only thing I can think of that I can wrap my brain around. Because listen, I'll read you the names real quick. I won't give you the, all the numbers. I won't bore you guys with that. But it's Madden, Lombardi, George Allen, Don Shula, Paul Brown, Tony Dungy, Joe Gibbs, Bud Grant, Bill Walsh, Tom Landry, Hank Stram, Bill Parcells, Chuck Knoll, Marv Levy. Like I mean, you're talking about the greatest of the greats. Now that doesn't include George Hallis and Curly Lambeau and all them sure, because sure. they weren't Super Bowl era. But I mean. That's an amazing freaking list. So I, I don't. What do you think? Help me talk through this, Mosh. I, I, when you factor in the 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 tangibles with the intangibles is where we run into the problem. Okay, 
Tom Flores obviously has the has the credentials. You know, you when you got a when you got a hand that's that's weighted down five pounds more than the other one because of the rings, <laughs> yeah. he deserves to be there. But when you get into this voting thing, people don't see that. They don't see and 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 and, and why they're why they're they're the ones that make the choices. I'll never know. I've had such a hard time with the Hall of Fame anything when ABBA got in the Hall of Fame over Kiss. <laughs> yeah, for the Rock, the and, rock roll. and Roll Hall of Fame. Are you kidding me? Who voted on that stuff? You know? So who voted on Flores? How about when Jethro Tull won the Heavy Metal Best Album Award over Metallica? Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Like, wait you a know, minute. Got, when did wait, Jethro Tull so, turn into heavy metal? So Ian Anderson standing there on one leg like a freaking flamingo playing a damn flute, and they get in over Metallica? <laughs> you pulled it. <laughs> you know? That was awesome. Sorry. It does, it, that, the, the, when, when you open stuff up to voting, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. If, 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 if Jeff Fisher hadn't gone hadn't had that that terrible run with the Titans and then gone to L.A. or uh, St. Louis, you know, and bombed out. He'll they'll never say his word and the H O F in the oh, same sentence. Oh heck no, man! You no. know, but yeah. but up to that point, you know, he was he was on the rules That's committee. True. He was a blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah. You know, uh, it, Madden was smart. He 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 started making video games. He went in the booth. He aligned himself, you know, but had he gone to another team, you know, I mean, who knows? But, you know, I, I think Flores needs to be there. I'm, uh, you know, and, and I, and I, I just, I can't see it. And I, and I'm with, I'm with the guys in the chat. I'm with the people that say, you know, let's not have another Kenny. Let's not, let's not put him in when he's gone. You know, let's, he's, he's 81 years old. He's got to He's got you know to be I mean? in there. You gotta, know, and, 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 and it just I mean, all the stuff he did for the Latino communities, all the stuff that he did for for football. The man deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But they look at they look at oh, let's look at the overall picture. But they are you taking out those first 12, 15, 18 years? And only going to base it on those last yeah. few. You can't do that. You can't so, do that. And that's. And, I don't know. And you know. And and I think that something that gets missed when you just look at numbers. And that's all I did there. I mean, when I when I told you what I just told you, that's all. I'm only strictly looking at numbers. But that doesn't tell the story because there's no context there. No. It's just no. like why they look. Lynn Swan is in the Hall of Fame instead of Cliff Branch. And when you look at the oh. numbers. Cliff Branch blows Lynn Swan out of the water. He's got three championships. I know Swan's got four, but when you but the optics of Lynn Swan to the committee, not to us, but the optics were better. They 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 look at his career as being more significant and being more uh, the better player in the time in which he played, which is garbage. But that's what they did. Lester Hayes. So on Lester Hayes, another another glaring omission from the Hall of Fame. Phil Villapiano, glaring omission. There's a there's a handful of so Flores is you know sadly uh in a glaring omission uh, along with plunkett even you could you could put on there but i think it's i I think here's what's important to remember and this is what i gonna keep falling back on regardless of whether you think his performance and his his numbers and you whatever things you want to fall in on 
the end of the day, it always comes down to this to me. Were you the best at what you did and the time in which you did it? It's hard to argue against a man that went to the playoffs and won two Super Bowls in his career during that time. So during that Raider tenure, was he the best at the time in which he did it? Absolutely, he was. And then can you tell the story of the league without telling the story of this person? You cannot, because especially in today's uh, world when we're wanting to tell stories of inclusivity, you know what I mean? That... What a more amazing story is it than that? Right, than breaking right, those right. barriers. Why do we celebrate Al Davis in the ways and call him the Maverick and a lot of what he did? Because of the freaking barriers that he broke. Well, that's what Tom Flores did. So why? Oh, I, I, it just it drives me nuts, Mach. And I was even one of those people early on that was like, all right, well, I kind of get it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Not, not now. Not after really studying it and really paying attention to it. There's way too much significance to his career to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Oh, They hate us because they ain't us. You know, it drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. Let's move on. Here is the latest draft. There's a draft. Today's our draft. Watch out for drafts. This is the NFL draft. The first draft. Look, I'm into a draft. He's going pro in the draft. You're going to the draft? Surefire first round draft pick. Draft looks solid. Good luck with the draft. They drafted me. Apparently we're drafted. I drafted you. I got drafted. Another successful draft. Yeah. Shallow draft. Draft. It's my third draft. You only get drafted once. Well, it's draft day. Let's talk about the draft. This is going to be the worst draft yet. It's our draft. You drafted me in the first round. Number one draft choice, signed a big contract. Excellent draft. Nashville Day, Nashville Day, Nashville Day. <laughs> you love that. Uh, oh my gosh, you love that's that one part. of my favorite. That's one of my favorite sound bites you did. That, those are so good. Those Thanks, are so good. All right, so uh, just a quick draft update for you. We still don't have our place settled. I had some other stuff going on this week. I had some real life, and so I didn't have a chance to uh, finalize some plans that we have. But it's coming soon. Uh, but so here's your quick update for this week. I'm going to sh- for those of you that are watching on the on the stream. You see there, can you read that? It says NFL Draft dash Fan Mobile Pass. So when you uh, if you're coming to the draft, in order to get a ticket, if you're coming to the draft, you're going to the draft. Everyone gets a ticket. There's no lottery system. They're going to have room for like literally a quarter of a million people downtown. So, but to go, you have to download the app. Well, the app is not available yet. You see, when you put it in there into the search bar, that a few NFL apps come up Pro Bowl, Fan Pass, Mobile, uh, NFL, Super Bowl, Fan Mobile Pass. All right. Eventually, you're going to see one populate there that says NFL Draft Fan Mobile Pass. So, download that app onto your phone, get that thing ready, and that's how you're going to register. That's where your ticket's going to be. And you're going to have to do that every day. So, if you're here for the draft for all three days, Every day, you're going to have to download the ticket to your phone to take it with you through security, and they'll scan you in, and then you'll get to go to the draft. Wow. That's all I have on that, Mark. Golly. Was that, a, that, was, that was short, sweet, and to the point. That was the quickest segment we've had all night. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So uh, for those of you that are on the YouTube feed, you're not going to hear this. You're going to have to come back and uh, listen to the audio version of Raiders Fan Radio and uh, and hear our interview this week. I had one of my favorite interviews. Uh, we have a lot of favorites, but uh, the most recent favorite, and I didn't even get a sound drop. <gasps> I just thought of that. Oh, I didn't get an I, I didn't get an ID. Uh, but one of one of, a great interview with um, with Aaron Rosa. Aaron, for those of you uh, that don't know, he's a drummer and he plays in a band called Palisades. They are a, a heavy metal band from Islin, New Jersey, which is right across the river from New York. Uh, these guys, they're awesome, man. They've been around officially since 2011. You'll hear in the interview they got uh, got to together from the time they were teenagers and up and coming from a garage band all the way through to van days on the road to now this amazing tour that they're on their stuff is blowing up all over the place uncle mosh you looked them up on your spotify before we got started and uh do you remember what those numbers were they got they got one song that that that's got nine million plays nine million that's great that's more than us that's more than <laughs> that's more than our Super Bowl, our our uh, Raiders fan radio Super Sunday Super Bowl Super Show with the two stupids. With the two stupids, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, so they are there. The, the band is is, is really uh, really coming into their popularity, and uh, with the re- latest release of this new album called War, and no. No, war is the new single. War is erase, the new single. Erase the pain. Excuse me. Is is the new uh, is the new album? And they so, get it, man. They, they get, get it, it man. And, and their videos are awesome too. Yes, it's great, great stuff. So, uh, uh, so enjoy this interview with Raiders fan and drummer for Palisades, uh, Aaron Rosa. And for those of you on the YouTube, uh, just hang with us, and we'll be right back. My next guest is a founding member and drummer for the rock and roll band Palisades. The band is originally from Islin, New Jersey, and since their formation in 2011, they have released four studio albums. That is Outcast in 2013, Mind Games in 2015, the self-titled Palisades in 2017, and most recently, as of this December, Erase the Pain. Uh, on October of 2018, they released the single War, which is currently blowing up all over Spotify and YouTube, so definitely check that out. Uh, and they are also starting a tour in support of this latest album. They're going to... Uh, be on the road as early as the end of March uh, in Syracuse, New York, before wrapping that up in uh, in, in Colorado. But then even prior to that, they're going to be on the road uh, starting a tour in February in Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, Raider Nation, certainly get out there and support Palisades and, and support what uh, what Raider fan Aaron Rosa and his and his band are doing. You know, why do we have the drummer for the band on this show? It's because, as I mentioned, he is a Raiders fan. So please welcome to Raiders Fan Radio, drummer Aaron Aaron Rosa. Welcome, Aaron. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for that awesome intro. That was really great. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. You guys are doing doing big things, man. Your your, your band is uh, is blowing up. I mean, it's you got all these tours and shows and uh, this incredible support going on for the for the album and the new single. But before we get kind of get into the current of the band, tell us a little bit about uh, where you guys got your start and how this this all started back in 2011. Oh, man. Well, actually, it goes back even farther than that. Um, our guitar players, Matt and Xavier, and I all have known each other since we were 13 and 14 years old, just growing up and going to like the same schools and stuff. And we just found each other through our similar taste in music and decided to, to make a band. So we've been playing music together since 
2008, and then Palisades really took form in 2011, and that's when stuff started to roll for us, and we recorded an EP, and we got signed to our label, Rise Records, and it's just been history from there. That's awesome. So you guys have been together for, for all this time. So who, who are some of your influences early on when you guys are teenagers, you're garage banding it? Like who's on the, uh, who's, who's on the box there that you guys are, are, are letting you influence and inform your, your musical opinions? Oh, man. Um, we all listen to a lot of different kinds of music, but especially growing up and, and going to high school and stuff, we were really influenced by like Lincoln Park and Korn. Um, My Chemical Romance was another big band for us. Um, and then for me personally, I, I grew up on my dad's music, so I was listening to a lot of Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, and Led Zeppelin. So uh, everyone has their different kinds of subgenres of rock and, and their influences to, to make up the Palisade sound. So, yeah, those bands were very, very uh, important for us to start finding ourselves musically. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's a way to make me feel old because those are my bands too, man. So, uh, <laughs> like, that's, I'm not making you feel old. <laughs> no, man, but that, that's my wheelhouse, though, man. I love those bands that you just named. I mean, those are those are some of the, the greatest of all time. So, you know, you, you mentioned about how um, there's different subgenres of rock. How would you describe your sound? I know there's there's so many different labels we can put on a rock and roll band nowadays, but what yeah. would you just kind of in, in the short, what would how, somebody that's never heard your stuff, how would you describe it oh man i think that we're just a we're a rock band that has a lot of emotions in us we're as a band we're all very emotional people and we're, we're always trying to figure out ways to express ourselves creatively so we're a rock band that honestly touches upon like i don't know r&b and just hard rock and metal um and we, we love exploring the electronic side of, of metal, too. Like, we're also very influenced by Nine Inch Nails and, and industrial bands from the 90s and early 2000s. So, I don't know. I think Palisades is just kind of Palisades. We're, we're a rock band that has a lot to offer, and I think that our music has something to offer for everybody. That's, that's the only awesome. way that I can really put it. You, in order to get it, you have to listen to it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, how is it, what is it like, what is life like in the band when you guys go on tour and all that? You guys have been together for a long time, but uh, so yeah. what, what is that like for you, y'all, when, when, when you're out there? Is it a grind? Is it, you know, the rock and roll thing where, like, we see in movies and television? Like, what, what is it like for you? Um, for us, it's been really interesting because we, we came from what other people would know is from, like, Warp Tour. So... The genre and the scene for rock music was much different as opposed to what we're doing now. Um, so we've been in a van, we've toured, we've done the van tours where it's we're all stuck together and we've had those days where you're driving through the desert and then your van breaks down, you have no AC and it really sucks and everyone's sweaty and pissed off that, you know, we're even in that situation. And then we've also done like the bus tours and, you know, we're living a very comfortable life in a bus. Um, but being out on the road, it varies from tour to tour. Like you have, there's so many different factors, man. There's so many different factors. Um, but we always try to, we always try to grind. Um, one thing about us is, you know, we, we don't, we, we try to live humbly, you know? Um, oof, that's a good question. There's so many things I'm thinking about right now. Um, yeah, it's really, we're, a, we're kind of a boring band. We don't do like the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll type thing. We're just like really nerdy guys. We just love music. We love like comic books and video games and sports and 
I don't know. We, we don't really get on each other's nerves too much, even though, again, we're in a van. So most of the time we're very close together and everyone's able to hear each other's conversations and stuff like that. And, you know, once in a while you'll get into a little fight about like, oh, why did you leave that hamburger on that seat? I just slept on that. That sucks. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah, for us, for us at least, um, it's definitely not like the movies or, you know, we're not doing any giant production as of yet. Nice. But, you know, it's it's a very interesting lifestyle being in a band and you know, you're not you're not home very often and you know, um we're away from our loved ones, so our girlfriends, our families, we don't get to see them. I I remember one time I I saw my nephew right before a tour and then we were gone for about nine months and when we before then he was shorter than me and by the time we came back home he was about a foot taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane how how life passes you by while you're not home and you're just constantly doing the same thing every day. You're playing a show, you're in a city, you're meeting fans, and uh, yeah, that's that's the one thing about being on tour that can that can be kind of sad. Just you know, you feel like you're missing out on birthdays and important things that go on holidays. Um, we missed Thanksgiving for a bunch of years. We missed a bunch of birthdays and other holidays like that. And then when you are home, you get to appreciate that stuff a lot more and appreciate being with your family and appreciate being with your loved ones and your friends. And yeah, that's awesome. You know, when you're talking about what it, what it's like and you guys being kind of nerdy and comic books and stuff in it, uh, first off, that's way in our wheelhouse here too on, on this show. But uh, it reminds me of an interview I heard with Getty Lee one time and they were talking to him about what it was like backstage for Rush. And he's like, it's pretty boring. He's like, it's a lot of red wine and fantasy baseball. Like we're not, we're not, we're not very excited, you know? And, and, uh, but you know what though, but isn't that uh, for longevity though, for a band, like that's a good thing though. Right. Like, I mean, you know, obviously you're going to have tiffs and you're going to have things and you have personalities and whatever that are involved, but really for the health of the band, like without having all these crazy outside influences, like it really will help with the longevity of your band. No. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Um, and especially since we're a bunch of guys that we just get along really, really well. Again, like two of two of the guys in the band and I, we've known each other since we were 14. So I know I can just look at them and know how they're acting and if something is weird or whatever. But, um, you know, like we just, we're a band that we get each other. We're all brothers and it definitely helps for the longevity of the band because, you know, if you're, you're in a band and let's say it's like a band where the singer absolutely hates one of the guitar players or the bass player hates the drummer. Like that kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't really last a lot of the time. And I'm very fortunate that our band is as close as we are. So that's yeah. cool. That's cool. So you got some downtime before the, the tour kicks up. Did you get a chance to watch the Super Bowl the other night? I did watch the Super Bowl altogether. Actually. Um, I was a little bored of it. It was a little boring of a game. I was hoping for a more lively game, but you know what? You're not out. I'm not out on the field. So I can only watch. <laughs> what, what about as a performer? What did you think of the halftime show? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I think that was, you just collectively answered the question for everybody else that watched it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was pretty underwhelmed. I was at first, was a, I was very excited about Maroon 5. We're big fans of Travis Scott. I'm a big fan of Outcast. So big boy being on there. I was very hyped. I'm ready and ready for a great halftime show. And it just fell so flat for me, and especially the SpongeBob thing. The SpongeBob thing really got me. But they were they were um, they were promising that they were going to do a sweet victory song from SpongeBob, so that everyone was excited about that. And 
that got cut short. So, you know, overall, I think we would have done a great job. Uh, hey, there you go. There you go. We'll be looking for <laughs> Palisades to do that. I'll tell you, the um, uh, as much as that was a little bit of a letdown, did you get a chance to see the Foo Fighters concert the night before? Where they, that, they killed it, speaking of Black Sabbath and Queen. and You know what I mean? Like, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I did not get to see that, actually. Check it out. It, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Dave Grohl, 50 years old, and he's still just absolutely killing it. And uh, and and they've had a lot of special guests that that joined him on stage, and it was an amazing performance. Definitely, uh, uh, check that out if if you get time. So let Aaron, let's talk a little bit about your your fandom. So you got our attention because you put a picture, I believe, it was on your Instagram where it was you wearing a Raiders yeah. shirt behind your kit. And I was like, whoa, this guy's yeah. a Raiders fan. That's awesome. So tell us a little yeah. bit about your, your football fandom and your, and your Raiders fandom and, and kind of where, what's the origin of that? Cool. Um, so basically, our tour manager at the time, John, and our singer, Lou, they're massive Eagle fans. So they're always watching football when it's the season. And I would watch soccer most of the time, but I really wanted to get into a sport. Like, I mean, I watch basketball, too. I'm a Bulls fan. Um, but as far as football went, I feel like I was missing out, especially with two, three guys that are really into football and they're able to talk about it. I just, I was like, oh, I got a little bit of FOMO here. So I want to get into, want to get into football. So last season was the first time that I actually paid attention. But, um, Lou, our singer asked me, what team are you going to root for? And at first we were, I was leaning towards maybe like the Giants or the Jets or even the Eagles just because of where they are geographically, like we're New Jersey-based. So that would make sense. But with our band, we've always been the underdogs just as a band in general. No one. There was a point in our career where a lot of people just didn't believe in us, and we proved them wrong. So I was looking for a team that was, you know, they might have a roller coaster season or a roller coaster type of career, but at the end of the day, like they're not front runners, and that's something I definitely didn't want to be. I didn't want to just join a bandwagon like, yep, they're winning all the time, so that's what I'm doing. So it's also Raiders were they're just cool. They're just a cool team. And there's a lot of people that I admire that support them. And I really I dig how you know they they didn't do the best last season. But in two thousand sixteen they were in the playoffs. So for me, it was kind of like this underdog mentality where, you know what, they might not always win all the time. They might lose a little more often. They might win more often, whatever. But at the end of the day, like their fans are super supportive and they're badass and their logo is badass. The colors are badass. For me, it was just kind of that thing where it's like, I just think deep down, I was just a Raiders fan, like the whole time. That's awesome, man. You know, yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, the mystique and the imagery of the Raiders. There's no mistake. And it's, it's, it's the best in sports. I mean, and I'm biased, but it, 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 it truly is. And <laughs> I got to tell you, man, you know, you, you pick the right team too, for the locale that you're in. We have a, a, a show on our network called the fan club blitz, and they're actually headquartered in New Jersey. They're in Franklin, New Jersey. And uh, there, there oh, are cool. some amazing Raider fans in the state of New Jersey. And, you know, you talk about them being an underdog and when you're around all those eagle fans just remind them that we were an underdog in 1980 when we were the first wild card team to ever win a super bowl yeah. and guess who we beat those stinking philadelphia eagles so you can rub their nose in yeah, that one and that's, <laughs> that's what's awesome that's what's awesome to me because to me the raiders symbolize like again our struggle as a band like i said there wasn't a lot of people that believed in us whatever and then you know here here we are and we're on these on these tours and we're getting radio play and all these things are happening that we never thought that we would get because people didn't believe in us. So 
that's just what's cool about the Raiders, man. There's so many cool things. Plus, like, again, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day supports them. Nick from Slipknot supports them. That's that's also enough for me, too. It's like, all right, there's a lot of really cool people in, in my world that really like the Raiders, too, because that's where they come from. And I just think that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, some fantastic Raider fans, as far as celebrities and, and, and musicians go. There is there's definitely some of the... I mean, some, some fantastic names in, in there. And so that's, that's great, man. I, I, it's, it's cool, man. Uh, welcome to the, to the Raider nation, man. I, I think that's, that's <laughs> so, so cool. So who are like any, any players that, that you've, that you've found uh, that you like, or any, you know, coaches or any, anything uh, outside of the team itself that, that, uh, the, the, that you like? Well, I love Gruden as a coach. I think anytime you're able to hear what it is like on, how he's talking on the field or even at the press conferences. He's just outrageous sometimes. And I love that. I think it's so cool. Um, Marshawn Lynch was great. I think he's a really good player. I have a car Jersey. So actually when I first, yeah, when I first said that, you know what, I think I'm going to support the Raiders. My dad just went out and bought me a car Jersey. I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to look at the QB for a little bit. See how that goes. Um, (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think I'm going to, we're going to see how this next season goes for sure for before I start to pick out like my favorite, favorite players there you go. last season, you know, it was, it was a little rough, but don't worry. Hey, it was, but we'll be back. And you know, and that's the thing about the, the Raider nation, man, is that it's a, it's, it, it truly is family and it's truly global. And, you know, you're going to see, I'm sure, uh, in your, in your travels around the, the country and the world, as you, as you go on the, these huge tours that, you know, you'll find Raider fans everywhere. We have people, we're our shows heard in over 80 countries and we have people from places like the Canary Islands and Romania and Costa Rica. And uh, I mean, you name it, we've had people re- not only just listen to our show, but reach out to us. I mean, silver and black UK is a huge contingent of Raider fans over, over in Europe. And so you're going to find that man when you, when you travel, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. It's so cool, man. Raider nation is just, yeah. is just the, the absolute best. So, so you like, like Gruden, I'm with you, man. We're, we're big fans of John Gruden around here. I, I think we've got a lot to look forward to this next season. I don't know if we're going to win a Super Bowl or not, but we're going to certainly uh, return to respectability for sure. I, I do have one other question for you, though, as as an as an artist and somebody that's a, a creative. This I don't know if you saw, but last week or so, Derek Carr got into a little bit of a, uh, a back and forth with some of the guys on ESPN, some of the kind of the the hot take, you know, clickbait type shows. And uh, they, gotcha. they, they, they took a run at Carr, and he defended himself, and, and it kind of turned into this thing. But my question for you is this. The reason I bring it up is this. As somebody sure. that's open to criticism, because as a band, you create content, you put it out there for the world to consume, and some people like it, some people don't. And so how do you – what would you tell Derek Carr? How do you handle people like that that are, that are vocal critics of, of the band or, or, or vocal critics of your performance of whatever that is? It's hard. Um, it's, it's really hard because I mean, for us, uh, when our album came out, we would, you know, go on YouTube and, you know, see, see how people were talking or go on a website like Reddit and see, you know, what the comments were like. And no matter what you do, you're going to have someone that's just going to want to for anything. So for that is, you know, for, uh, man. We try not to look too much at that kind of stuff, but <laughs> I mean, he's he's the quarterback of the fucking Raiders. Like that's enough. Like that's cool. Like just prove it out on the field. Like for us, we have to prove it out on the road and prove it at shows that we were a good band. Like you can record a record, and it could go up on social, like 
social media and streaming and whatever, and you can sound however you want to sound through technology. But if you're not a good live band, then people are going to, you know, people are going to talk smack and they're not going to go to shows. So I would just say, don't mind any attention to what ESPN has to say because they always are putting their foot in their mouths and screw that. Show them on the field that you're the. Shit. That's all I would say to them. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome, man. That's it, right? Go out there and throw touchdowns, man, because you can't argue that, right? You go out there yeah, and exactly. you slay it in a show, man. You guys just, you know, bring the house down. Like, you can't argue that. Like, there's no disputing yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah, That's exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Like, he's a talented guy. Like, don't like, don't get me wrong. He is a very talented quarterback. So, all he's got to do is just prove it again. Just shove it in their face, you know? That's it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Awesome, man. Well, uh, Aaron, tell us the best way to support the band. So should we send people to a website? Do they want, do we want to send them to Spotify? Do we want them to try to source physical media? Like what's the best way for the, for, for our listeners to buy and, and consume your music? Well, you can find all of our music on all streaming platforms. So Spotify, Apple music, Google play, Amazon, it's all on there. So just search Palisades. Um, as far as following us on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our at handle is at We Are Palisades, and you can find everything there. And we have a WeArePalisades.com, which also will bring you to tour dates and ticket links and pictures and videos and stuff like that. So you can find all of that there as well. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, Aaron, I can't tell you uh, how much I appreciate again your time and joining us here on, on Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, Raider Nation, support what, what he's doing, support what Palisades is doing. Man, this is, and that's the other thing about Raider Nation, too. We got each other's back, man. So I, I, I can't wait to hear that's the awesome. feedback from Raider Nation and, and, and hear uh, what they have to say when they get a chance to enjoy your music. And I'm sure many of them already have. So, uh, so thank you again uh, for joining us here on the show. Go Raiders and good luck on the tour, man. We're going to definitely be following thank you. I think if you guys ever come, through nashville man that's where i live now i i was born and raised in the bay area but i live in music city now so you guys come through nashville okay. man I'll, i will definitely dip yeah. out and dip out and go go see you guys play live yeah definitely we will be playing nashville um yeah come on down man we'll, we'll have a drink talk about football and have a good time awesome the show, I would hope. <laughs> awesome right on right on man look forward to it awesome thanks man all right aaron take care bud all right you too Raider Nation, there's our interview with the uh, awesome, awesome Aaron Rosa. Thank you, Aaron, for taking time for us here uh, to hang out a little bit in Murph's Fan Cave and talk a little bit of Raiders football, talk about some metal, talk about some influences, and uh, man, just a great, great interview, and uh, I love it, Mosh. Um, You know, one of the goals we had when we started Raiders Fan Radio was to get not only and celebrate Raider fans like the regular Raider fans like us and like the people in the chat, but some of the more high profile Raider fans. And uh, we've had some some really cool celebrities and high profile people over the years on the show. And it's how cool is it, man, that that this guy that's in this amazingly popular band like come on our show and talk about being a Raider fan, man. And and retweeted our tweets and you know, and just I mean, just 
He's all in, man. Yeah. All in for Raiders. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, so very cool. So definitely support Palisades. Support them. Go out and check them out on tour. Uh, you, you know, Aaron mentioned the, the tours that are starting up. They're going to be on the road from this month all the way through. I believe it was like May. So they'll be coming through your town, man. It's a nationwide tour. They're going to be in Nashville in April. And yeah. uh, I'm going to go. And if you can, uh, please uh, come with me. And uh, we'll definitely go and check out Palisades and support what they're doing. So definitely uh, Raider Nation, download, listen to their stuff, and, uh, and go see them live. There he is, fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tied, he's thrown. It is. All right, Uncle Mosh, you know the favorite part of our show is, of course, the Sea of Fans mailbag. That's where we hear from you, Raider Nation. You can call us anytime at 909-345-3346. Leave us a voicemail, and uh, if we play your voicemail, th- if we play your voicemail, you've been tailgating too much. <laughs> <laughs> if we play your message three times here on the show, you become what's referred to as a made man or a made woman, uh, either way. And so uh, the made men are represented by what we call the capo. It's the made man of the made men. And that is one Aaron, the Q dog Raider. And we always start off our sea of fans mailbag segment with a call from the capo. So let's go first and hear from our buddy, Aaron, the Q dog Raider. Greetings. Aaron, the Q dog Raider calling from the East side. Um, Mosh, Sonny, Murph, little Murph. <laughs> He's a bad boy. All right, let's get to it. There's a lot to cover. Uh, let's start with the Super Bowl this past weekend. I mean, honestly, what can we say about this past weekend Super Bowl between the Lambs and the Patriots that hadn't been saying about the Syrian campaign? I mean, honestly, it was bombed out. It was poorly executed. The people on the ground were all losers. And in the end, the bad guy won. I'm sick of Brady. I like Michigan football. I can't stand Brady. But if we're going to bring this evil dynasty to an end, the Raiders are going to be the ones that have to do it. And speaking of dynasties coming to an end, how about your girl over in San Francisco? We're talking about the mayor. Uh, Miss London Breed, who came out against the Raiders, putting a halt to them playing in Oracle Park. I mean, or AT&T, whatever the hell it is. It's in San Francisco, so it doesn't matter what it is. The thing is, as reported by Lisa Fernandez out of KTVU, that she's on record as saying that the Oakland Raiders need to play in Oakland. Now, I don't know if he's uh, casting shade or simply doing us a favor. We need to play in Oakland, so let's swallow our pride. Levi's Stadium is out of the equation. We ain't trying to do that. We ain't playing second fiddle to nobody. But keep in mind, playing at home means something this year because the Raiders have come out as playing the most difficult schedule for the upcoming season. Check that out. They come in at number one with a 54% win percentage by their opposing teams. Coming in second is the Broncos. Fifth tied are the Bears and the Chiefs. Now, figure this out and tell me the fix isn't in, but at the bottom as far as the easiest schedules, you got the Patriots and Rams tied for last place as far as the easiest schedule coming into the next year. That's garbage. But anyway, Levi Damien, who puts out, you know, an ill-typed report on SB Nation, um, he put out a couple of folks that we need to have on our wish list as far as running backs and free safeties. The running backs, doesn't really matter. I mean, honestly, I got my eye on Mark Ingram, maybe Tevin Campbell. I mean, Tevin Campbell, my goodness, I ain't that sensitive. Excuse me for that. Tevin Coleman <laughs> out of the Falcons. Either one would be good with me. 
But let's focus on that free safety spot. Landon Collins out of the Giants. He was six foot two hundred eighteen pounds, a Pro Bowl selection. You might want to look at him. Ha ha Clinton Dix. I mean, he's starting to get well traveled, but hey, he's a Pro Bowler. He's young. Once again, he too is out of the University of Alabama, just like London Collins. And both of those guys are Mike, Mike Mayock's uh, uh, picks, as far as you know, must gets out of the respective 2016 and uh, 2014 drafts. Uh, Adrian Amos, he plays with uh, he who shall not be named up there in Chicago, but you know he's viable as well. He's out of Penn State in the 2015 draft, and Mike Mayock had him high on his board, and he'd be a good fit for Paul Gunther's system. So that's all I got for as far as analysis. Now, Thursday, SB Nation had put out a tweet, and it went out to all Raiders fans, and it had a simple question. If you could force the Raiders to do one thing this offseason, what would it be? Now, here are the various responses that we got. One was signed Antonio Brown. Hell no. Sign Le'Veon Bell. Hell, double no. Play the 2019 season in Oakland. I think I might have touched on that, and I say that we need to swallow up pride and make that happen. Sign Frank Clark. Whatever. Sign Jadavion Clowney. Okay, I feel that. Find a true middle linebacker. Man, I've been banging this drum for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And re-sign Jared Cook. Uh, they had a couple of other ones that are on the fringe, one being trade Derek Carr and draft a QB. I ain't feeling that. Keep Derek Carr. And don't draft a QB. Yeah, that's starting to make a lot more sense. <laughs> but the last one, and it's really a head-scratcher, was have Mark Davis sell the team. What in the... Man, that's... That's some... But anyway, I am my call. Johnny Townsend, you're going to stay on the hit list. We need another punter, y'all. For real. All right, this call is dedicated to Tom Flores, who is in his 24th year of eligibility. Tom Flores was once again shut out of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And this is first year as a finalist. Murph was right about that. But the systemic lack of respect for this pioneering Hispanic American is sickening. Yep. And it's often a lot of insight into the hearts of the voters, you know what I'm saying, who select the Hall of Fame members. It's a real shame. That's all I got, y'all. Oh, if I can get one thing, I want to slow dance with uh, the mayor. Miss <laughs> Reed, holler at me, Bruce. <laughs> Uh, he's the best. So, hey, Marsh, you, you and Q-Dog, as usual, agree. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely. know what I mean? I, that's a very interesting point. It's an insight into the voters, man. I, I, it's, yeah. It is. It's it's a slight. Uh, no doubt about it. Great call, as always, from the from the capo. And I uh, appreciate you, Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider, all you do to support Raiders Fan Radio. All right, uh, Uncle Marsh, another way to uh, contact our show is to email us. You can email us at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. And uh, we get, uh, we have, a, sometimes we get new emails, sometimes we get old emails. And some guys, man, are like, clockwork every week we know we're going to get uh an email from shropshire mississippi which is also in the uk uh east of birmingham or west of birmingham and uh and our buddy paul so mosh what do we got from paul this week well paul says good evening guys there can only be one topic for me to focus on this week and that's the super sunday super bowl super show uncle mosh i know you said last week you didn't really like to read out the positive comments that many people send you well i make no apologies for saying how great you guys were last sunday Thank you, Paul. When you first mentioned you were doing the show, I commented on Twitter that it would be the best Super Bowl Sunday since 1984, and I wasn't (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Thanks again. Nothing fires me up more than hearing the audio footage from our Super Bowl wins. Well, except Jennifer Aniston, but I'm going off topic. (laughs) 
I watch my America's Game trilogy DVDs quite often, and I still get teary-eyed over a number of things. In particular, Old Man Willie and Marcus Allen running with the night following 17 Bob Treo. Allen's touchdown was a play called 17 Bob Treo. The Raiders have used it for years, but no one ever ran it quite the way Allen did in Super Bowl 18. That was amazing. That was nice, amazing. nice. So, uh, Paul, of course, is listening to his his DVD, and Todd Christensen's talking about it, and he gets he goes on to say that he he can't get past the late great Todd Christensen getting emotional talking about oh, that. And he says yeah. it gets him every yeah. time. Now, and just in that scene, and I'm interrupt, but just that scene where Christensen is kneeling down in, uh, in the end zone, and they kind of zoom in on him with the camera, just, and he gets up and he's just kind of covering his face and turns away. It's just like, uh, man, it gets Bob Treo. Well, then Paul goes on to say, now I should say at this point that I am aware that I am admitting to shedding male tears and that Capo Q-Dog and the other main men, made men may be ready to send me swimming with the fishes. <laughs> but in my defense, I'm only crying over our family, and that's a good thing, right? You don't want to stop me crying like a law school kid when we win number four, and we will real soon. There we go. The other thing I love to see after Super Bowl 18 is the look on Al Davis's face when Pete Rozelle hands him the Lombardi Trophy. It's a thing of beauty. Oh, yeah. I said to Murph on Twitter that whenever anybody asks me in the future why the Raiders, I'll show them that two-hour video from last Sunday. Thanks, as always, fellas. Love you, nation. Love you guys. Regards, Paul Egerton from Shropshire, Mississippi. Awesome, awesome job. Thank you, Paul, very much, and appreciate all the kind words, man. We had a lot of fun uh, putting that show together, it man. A, it, was it was a blast. Cool. It was, you know, Mosh and I talked about uh, afterwards how cool it was for us to do a show where there was a topic. Like, yeah, there was, you know what I mean? Like, it was just fun because, I mean, we obviously there's a lot of things to talk about within the uh, the three Super Bowl wins, but it was fun to just kind of have one thing and just drill into it. And and, uh, you know, I'm with you, too. You know, ain't no shame in a in a, in a crying game on that thing. Uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't boohooing over here, but even like just listening to it and putting that stuff together, I got chills like five or six different times where I was like, I mean, I've heard these things a million times and seen them a million times, but there's just something. It's look when you're this diehard of a fan, man. It's gotta, it's gotta get you a it little bit. You. It, you know what I mean? If you got a pulse as Raider Nation, man, it's, it's gonna get you a little bit. So yeah, man, awesome. Appreciate all the kind words again, uh, Paul, and uh, and always keep the emails coming. All right, our buddy Houston Raider Steve. You know Houston Raider Steve Mosh. Uh, he's, uh, he contacts our show quite a bit, and we're so thankful for, uh, for him always reaching out to us. And he is. Full. Talk about a guy that's a, a Raider historian. He is full of, of vast amounts of, of mm -hmm, Raider Nation knowledge. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, just due to time constraints, we don't have time to get to, to some of his comments. But I thought, you know, off the heels of our Super Bowl Super Show, uh, that, that let's hit uh, a couple of voicemails from Steve. So let's, uh, hear, let's hear the first one from our buddy out there in Houston. Hello, Murph and Mosh, Houston Raider Steve. Uh, we've got some interesting trivia for you. Back in the 1980 season, the Raiders played at the Philadelphia Eagles at Veterans Stadium. They lost 7-10. to Then they ended up playing them in the Super Bowl um, in New Orleans, Super Bowl 15, and the Raiders won overwhelmingly, convincingly, 27-10. And the other interesting fact is in the 1983 season, the uh, Los Angeles Raiders played at RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C. They lost a close game, 35-37, to on the road, regular season. 
1983 season. Then they end up facing each other in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 18, the final score was 38-9, to Raiders over the Redskins. So I find it interesting that both of those Super Bowl wins, they played um, the eventual team that were going to play in the Super Bowl on the road in a close loss, but then yet again when they played each other in the Super Bowl, it was an easy blowout win. I find that convincing. So that's my Raiders trivia. Love your show, and go Raiders. Great call, Houston Raiders, Steve. That's very interesting, Mosh, and, and something that I learned in, in going back and doing the research for our show. That win against Philadelphia in the Super Bowl was the first time that a team has beat a team in the Super Bowl that they lost to in the regular season. So I thought that was very interesting. That was the first time in history that that had happened. It's, you know, that's, it's, that, that says to me, coaching, when you learn from your mistakes, when you can say, when you, when you study film and you study – you study the players on both sides of the ball, and you can make the adjustments. You know, you've, you've got an objective to win, and you've got obstacles, and, and then you make your adjustments. Man, that's and, coaching. And, and who, was the, who, was, who the, was the head coach of those teams, I don't Mosh? remember. The two teams that made those adjustments were head coached by Tom freaking floor. See, and that's what there's your context. Yep. That stuff yep. doesn't come yep. out in yep. a freaking you number. You can't, you can't see that on a nope. spreadsheet, bro. Nope. Nope. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, all right. All right, here we go. Here's uh, let's go back to our buddy, Houston Raider, Steve. He had another call in. Murphy Moss. This is Houston Raider, Steve. I called 610 AM radio, which is the flagship station for the Houston Texans. They have a, uh, Hall of Fame voter. His name is John McClain. He's been uh, covered 40 Super Bowls, and he's been voting for the Hall of Fame forever. I called in on their, uh, you know, take show and everything, call-in show, and I said, I think it's a travesty that Tom Flores is not in the Hall of Fame. He's a great man. He's done more for the league than Pat Bowen ever did, and you put Pat Bowen in before Tom Flores. I said, Raider Nation is pissed off, especially my Hispanic brothers and sisters. I said, this is a travesty. There's no reason why he should not be in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. And I thought afterwards, after I hung up, I said, what's going to have to happen? Does he have to have to go in the Hall of Fame after Kenny Stabler passes away before they put him in? Because all these little small-minded voters that think their, their vote is so important so they could say, oh, yeah, we kept him out of the Hall of Fame because we didn't like Al Davis. They need to get over it, grow some cojones, and start doing what's right. <laughs> this is an injustice. Thank God they put Tony Gonzalez in. As far as I know, maybe Tony's only the second Hispanic player in the Hall of Fame after Anthony Munoz. But please, I mean, this is supposed to be a Hall of Fame for all the people, not just rich white guys. Excuse my language, but that's just the way I feel. God bless. Great show. Love your Super Bowl show and your other interviews. And your uh, the uh, Splatterhead and Fitz, the fan called Blitz, and Mikey Murph. Great job. God bless. Bye. Awesome job there, Houston Raiders Steve. Now there's and he brings up something very interesting on that on that call. Uh, you know, of course, obviously we, we he reiterated a lot of the the, the sentiment that we've had uh, from other callers and from Mosh and I tonight. But he brought up calling the Houston radio station and John McClain, who was a Hall of Fame voter, right? Uh, is is you know an NFL? I think it was the Houston Chronicle, is who he's been a writer for for a million years, and. Um, he used to call, or he used to, excuse me, he used to guest on one of our local shows here in Middle Tennessee. And before podcasts and all that stuff became right, a thing, right. remember, I used to call that show a lot. All the time. And I would talk to John McClain. He is the biggest Raider hater Absolutely. you'll ever find. And for those of you that listened to the show, to the Super Bowl show, 
I talked about something significant that happened in Houston Oilers history in where they talked, they, uh, they, they said in the two years that they lost in the AFC championship game in 78 and 79, that they knocked on the door, they beat on the door and the next year they were going to kick the son of a, yeah, in, yeah. right. But they didn't play the Steelers those uh, the, that third time. They played the Raiders. And my Uncle Murph used to say, well, I guess they kicked in the wrong effing door. And so the Houston Oilers hated the Raiders, not only because of that, but because we whipped their ass in the 67 AFL championship exactly. game. And because of everything that, and as far as what Al represented to the AFL and the Houston Oilers and their history, and Bud Adams is an original AFL team, these two franchises butted heads a lot. So these old-school Houston guys hate the freaking Raiders. So you wanted exactly what Steve said the one of the reasons that John McClain probably will never vote in Tom Flores, Jim Plunkett, Lester Hayes, Jack Tatum, you name it. That's why. Because he hates the freaking Raiders. Yep. Well, that's BS, Mosh. Yeah. That is yep. absolute trash. And, and, and I know this firsthand because I would call in with like legitimate questions like legitimate nfl <laughs> questions never like, answer him would and he? he would never freaking answer him all he would say is as long as al davis is the owner of the of the oakland raiders then they'll continue to falter and until he dies and ownership transfers to somebody else they're all going to be continued to be a joke and that place should be called the oakland mausoleum because they'll never sell it out but he would just, i would call him with like a for real like hey what do you think about this guy uh, in the draft what do you think the raiders should do oh until al davis dies and they're just going to continue to stink yeah yep. Yep. Yeah, and and this was, is the same guy who fell asleep on the radio. Yeah, did he, he really? He fell asleep. There's a sound bite that they used to play that he fell asleep, and he's like, you know, he's, doing, he's doing that rant, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you hear this. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, yeah. You could go on, you can go on uh, uh, the local radio station that used to host. I think it was 104.5 The Zone. Yeah. And they, they would play that. That clip. Oh my it's, gosh. I'm sure it's out there. It's got it. Yeah, this is the John, same guy. John McClain falling uh, asleep on there. He's a joke. Nuts. He's a joke, Steve. I'm with you, dude. And look, the anti Raider sentiment in the NFL to this day is real. And it started, and look, Al Davis, the, the Maverick right there, he started it. And he, and look, man, it's just, there's, I won't go into all the reasons. It's just, it's just real. Just, yeah. Let's right, move right. on. Let's move on. Let's go hear from our buddy, James in Arkansas. First off, James in Arkansas, you rock, dude. Keep calling. Thanks, buddy. Keep calling, man. We love to hear from you. Uh, for those of you that don't remember, James is our uh, was a first-time caller last week. This is his second call. James is a member of uh, a former member of our military, sustained an injury, and uh, he's he's got a little bit of a, of a speech impediment, and he was a little, uh, you know, he was a little leery about a calling. A little in. leery about calling in, but man, he uh, he did it, and his calls are great, and so support uh, James, and as I'm sure you will in the chat and everywhere else and uh, continued to call in uh james to raiders fan radio let's let's hear from him hey guys james in arkansas thank you for the love thank you for doing that everybody is trying to grasp trying to think we're next year home games i'm thinking britain and um seeing the stats of car and 4,000 yards, he didn't have no one, you know. And I think everything will be good because next year will be rock solid if 
just if Chucky will pick two or three defensive players, um, linebackers or, you know. But um, I'm really excited about next year because that's just everything will work out because it's looking like powerhouse. Thank you for everything. Go Raiders. All right, right on, James. Appreciate the phone call, my friend. And I'm with you, man. I think we got a lot to look forward to. Yep. Uh, this yep. year, Mosh. You know, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna. Well, I say I don't think we're gonna win the Super Bowl. I think we're gonna win the Super Bowl every year. But I think <laughs> we're certainly gonna return to spec- respectability, Mosh. Don't you think? It doesn't matter where we play. And it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. matter where we play. Doesn't matter where it doesn't we, matter we play. play. That's right. All right, James, keep them coming, my friend. Hey, one more, and you will be a, a made man here on Raiders Fan Radio. So I'm going to get that, uh, that soundbite queued up and ready for you for next week. So definitely give us, uh, give us another call. All right, uh, Mosh, I love this call. This next call, I love this. We're, this is our buddy Raider Beto, and uh, he's from Los Angeles. And he kind of takes note that I called out the fact that we have a rivalry with Los Angeles, us Bay Area guys. Okay, sure, sure. That, you know what I mean? And he kind of gives it back to us a little bit, and I like it because yeah, it yeah, should yeah. be. Yeah, we're, we're all one family in terms of the Raiders, but every other sport? Nah, bro. <laughs> Raider Beto, you know the city. Anyway, I just got finished watching the Super Bowl. Man, I'm so happy the Rams lost, so they can't be like, oh, the Rams are the L.A. Super Bowl team champions and whatever crap they'll those Rams bandwagon fans said, but the bad thing is the Patriots won again. My whole lifetime, I've seen uh, the Patriots go to the Super Bowl nine times, and I've seen the Raiders go once. So, damn, another another damn Patriots Super Bowl. But anyway, I believe the Raiders can do it. You know, let's go for you know a dynasty. You know what I'm saying, John Gruden dynasty. But uh, who knows? You know. Well, I, I caught your uh, last uh, video on Raiders Fan Radio, how you guys uh, – Murph, you said that uh, the Bay hates L.A. Well, the feeling's mutual. I hate the Bay as well, you know. <laughs> Sacramento Queens, uh, irrelevant team. Oakland A's, irrelevant. San Francisco Giants, I don't care. They want a dynasty, irrelevant to me. Golden State Warriors, ain't no dub nation, you know. Get, uh, get more 10 rings and see you catch up to the Lakers, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Except the Raiders, you know, only a Bay Area team. Oh, Niners, F them. <laughs> but yeah, you know, feelings mutual, you know, L.A. versus Bay rivalry. But anyway, Patriots won again. At least it wasn't the Chiefs or the Rams, you know. Anyway, you guys have a good one, and you, you already know, Raiders all day and L.A. all day for me. And the L.A. Raiders still remain the only team to win a Super Bowl for L.A. Oh, I love Great it. call. I love it, man. That's awesome. That is so good. You know, and it's the truth, man. You know, it's uh, that's what I like about the Raiders is that it, they really are the only team to unify California. Absolutely. They're the only team out of, uh, that, that can unify the entire state uh, in fandom because it doesn't matter what part of California you're uh-uh. from. Uh-uh. Uh, you can be certainly be a Raider fan. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, and I love how he kind of gave it back to us a little bit. Sure he did. It, I love it. It should be. And, you know, and, and, and I, you've told the story in the show before, but I want to ask you to tell it again because I love it. Just to give you an idea of how deep-seated these rivalries are, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, we hated the Dodgers. Now, look, I hated the Dodgers for a different reason than Mosh did because 15-year-old Murph watched Kirk Gibson jack one over the fence off Dennis right, Eckersley right, right. and broke my dang heart in game one of that World Series uh, in 88. But you hated them because of Lasorda and going back oh, to the old days gosh. against the Giants. And so you met 
Tommy Lasorda one time. Yeah, yeah. And tell Raider Nation what you told Tommy. So Tommy Lasorda, he, the school I was coaching had some outstanding ball players, and I, so I'm doing the play by play for baseball, and I'm up in the booth, and I'm and I'm doing all the 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 the, the play by play there, and and uh, uh, I I knew that Lasorda had himself had actually come to watch three of our ball players, right? And he ended up doing a draft and follow for a couple of them. So I go down there, and uh, they, they arranged it so I could meet Tommy, right? So I go down there, and Tommy had just done – he was do, right in the middle of his slim fast phase, right, where he lost all that weight. And, and I'm a big guy, and so I go down there, and there's all these people from the yearbook taking pictures of us and everything, and I'm shaking Mr. Lasorda's hand, and I go, you know, Mr. Lasorda, I got to tell you, uh, I'm a Giants fan, bro, and, and I, gr- I, I grew up my whole life. You know, the first time I, I ever went to a World Series was when, you know, y'all played the A's, and, and I said, uh, I grew up hating you. <laughs> and he looks at me, and he reaches over, and he pats my belly, and he goes, nah, that's okay, kid. I was an asshole once. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you, man. Thank you, Tommy. I didn't wash that shirt for years. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and he, I know, he was gracious, man. He, he gave me one of his he, – he's got these, these uh, uh, special baseballs that are, that are like – I still have it to this day that are, that are colored, and, and uh, he's, it's, it's Hall of Fame baseball, and it's got uh, the year cool. that he was and inducted. did he sign a bobblehead he for you, He signed a bobblehead. He signed a yeah. – uh, a bobblehead for me. And he was just, he was hilarious, man. He was a great guy. He was a great guy. But, you know, it's that, it's, you know, he was Mr. L.A., you yeah, know. He absolutely. was Mr. Dodgers. You know, he was the only other manager other than Walter Alston, you know, when, when he took over because he was, you know, he was on the bases oh, for all those oh, years. Uh-huh. And then Walter Alston, you know, when he retired, Tommy Lasorda. So he was Mr. L.A., but wow. he was a super guy. That's super cool. Guy. That's cool. You know, it's funny when those things happen, you know, uh, like when I, when I met Steve Atwater, a couple of weeks ago it's like you hate these guys as players or in this case a manager with Lasorda and but when you meet them it's like I got nothing against him as a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're kind to him. And I told Atwater, same thing. Like, you know, uh, you know, he used to beat our ass all the time. I hated you as a player, but, uh, but, but he was so nice. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? It was, it's, it's funny how those, the, 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 uh, the dynamic, how that is when you meet these guys, you're like, well, okay. it's, it's like that food story. When he when he uh, when Fu tells the story about taking you we know taking Franco Franco to the black so the, hole, Franco wanted to go. Yeah, Franco says, you know, I'll I'll bring you to the to the the, the Pittsburgh version of the of their you know their fan base. You know, and they gave Fook all kinds of crap, and Franco egged him on, you know. But to, to turn around, you know, and Fook takes Franco into the black hole, you know, and it was juicing the fans. You know, yeah, give it to him. Give, give it, it to him, him. yeah. That's, that's awesome, that's man. That's cool stuff, man. That's, 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 the fun, that's the really, really fun aspect of sports, man, is the, is the rivalry. So, anyways, Raider Beto, go A's. <laughs> so speaking, speaking of rivalries let's hear from our buddy uh, uh he's not a rival in terms of the fan he roots for but he lives in uh in donkey country let's hear from our buddy mike in colorado murph uncle mosh this is your sizzling made man hardcore raider calling out of colorado just wanted to thank thank you guys for uh the shot out last week and uh just for putting out great content the super bowl stuff you guys put out was amazing so appreciate you guys uh and all your hard work can tell you guys put a lot of work into that. Um, also, uh, looks like Brady got another ring. Uh, I guess what else is new? Um, good news <laughs> is, though, at least, uh, he said he's not going to retire yet. So looks like Gruden might have his redemption game, hopefully, in the next couple of years. If uh, if he lasts that long, maybe uh, we can make something happen in the playoffs and get our redemption game. 
I I really, really would love that. I would like make the last 15 plus years, uh, a little more worthwhile, but, um, want to give a shout out to James, man, uh, army fellow army veteran. Um, thank you for your service, but more importantly, thank you for the sacrifice you've given the blood, sweat and tears, uh, putting your life on the line and, uh, dedication and love to Raider Nation and holding up the good fight, man, sticking up for the team, man. I, I love to hear that. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, Murph and, and Mosh, if you guys uh, would be kind enough. I did a podcast with Grimy Nation YouTube channel and uh, <clears throat> just trying to get Raider Nation fired up. So me and him had a pretty good long discussion. Uh, he talks about the Flores stuff like you guys were about him getting, uh, you know, missed out of the Hall of Fame and uh, – but after that, about the 21-minute mark, we get real deep into some hardcore uh, Raider talk. And um, if, if you could, uh, maybe uh, put this on the air. Maybe people can check it out. Grimy Nation YouTube channel. And uh, we give a big shout-out to Merce Fan Cave at the end there. So trying to, trying to send love back your way and, and to all Raider Nation. It's uh, G-R-I-M-E-Y Nation uh, podcast uh, YouTube channel. So appreciate you guys, man. Raider Nation for life. Love you guys. Keep doing uh, what you're doing. Thanks. Bye. All right. Good job, Mike. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, we we don't just say it. We mean it. A rising tide raises all pirate ships. So, go check out its grimy nation YouTube channel, Mosh. I know you were looking at yep, it. Yeah, yeah, earlier, yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, definitely go out there and check out. Uh, Mike is a great Raider fan, man. And, and he's got some fantastic stories. He was the one that we interviewed uh, being at the Coliseum for the final game against the Broncos. And so, Mike is an awesome uh, representative of Raider Nation. And so, definitely support him and that uh, that grimy nation podcast. Like, go, go check that one out for sure. So, thank you again for the call. And, uh, all right, Mosh, next up, we got our buddy uh, Red in another uh, rival city. He's yep. a or rival state in Washington, where formerly the Seattle Seahawks used to be in our division. So I, I guess they're not really the rival anymore. We still don't like them. We still don't like them, but yeah. So here you go. Here's Red Nyakima. Yo, what's going on, fellas? Red up here in Nyakima. Touch base with you guys again. Getting ready for the offseason and the draft. We got them three picks in the first round. Now that we got Mayock as what pretty much the lead talent evaluator, and lead. Um, anyways, brain fart right there, guys. <laughs> but if we wanted to move up in the draft, we could. I mean, we got some three picks. If we kept the fourth pick and used the 24th and 27th or whatever it is to move up, and I think if hopefully Mike Mayock can help us evaluate a safety now, we can draft a safety that'll actually be able to make. Oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well. Well, shoot. All right. Well, I guess Google now Google didn't get him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, sorry it must have been the cold. <laughs> hey, yeah, cold. Sorry about that, hey, Red. Hey, at least we're not buffering for the guys yeah, watching I know, on YouTube. Right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> sorry about that, Red. But I think what he's getting at there is that about Mike Mayock moving around, and, and yeah, that uh, that based on that article that we read uh, from. Uh, uh, Matt Schneidman there, right. that uh, he called him Vegas Mike, and there's definitely a lot of options there uh, for Mike Mayock in the draft. And this is going to be an interesting one because I think he's got a lot riding on this first draft. Of course, we don't know uh, what the draft is going to pan out like until we get to the end of it, uh, until we get to the end of that, uh, uh, you know, what, three years from now. Uh, but uh, until then, though, but I think it's a very important uh, draft for Mayock in his, in his early legacy here with the Raiders. All right, uh, appreciate the phone call. And next up, let's go here from our buddy B-Dog. And you know where he's at, Mosh? He's at a pasture in Texas. 
What's up, guys? It's B-Dog, how I'm from a pasture in Texas. Sorry, gotta be quiet right now. People are trying to sleep. Uh, let's get right to the chase. The two biggest stories in the nation right now are where the Raiders going to play next year and why the hell isn't Tom Flores a Hall of Famer. First of all, this man, the things that he's accomplished in the National Football League is astonishing and should be more than enough to get him to the Hall of Fame. But I guess we should be used to getting overlooked by now. There's dozens of Hall of Famers, or there's dozens of former players for the silver and black that should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the amount of Raiders legends not in the Hall of Fame is just disrespectful. It's honestly gotten to the point where I'm thinking the league has something against us. I feel like I should be surprised by that statement, but I'm not. Either love us or you hate us, and the Hall of Fame committee hates us. So, anyway, moving on. As far as I know, the supposed deal the Raiders' ownership made to play in Giants Stadium is far from being a done deal. And if reports are true, the mayor of San Francisco doesn't want us there, then I don't want to be there either. (laughs) I don't want to share a city with a team nicknamed the 49ers because they can never make it to the 50-yard line. Anyway, I had a thought. Why couldn't we play in the Las Vegas Rebels Stadium? I mean, we're going to be in Vegas in 2020, so why not move there now? I don't know. Just a thought. In my opinion, this whole dilemma on where we're going to play next year is crazy. It's gotten to the point where anything can happen and will happen. Well, I'm going to bed. Catch y'all later. Oh my god, that kid kills me. He's funny, man. He kills me. I never heard I've heard a lot of Niner jokes in my life. Uh, I never heard that one. It's because they can't get to the fifty. They're called the 49ers because they can't make it to the 50. (laughs) Call call your brother right now. Get him on the the phone live. Oh, I'm gonna send him that one, man. Oh my gosh. So all right, so it's time. It's time. Sizzler. 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 All right, so we started our evening. We had a flashback to Super Bowl 15 and then a flashback to Super Bowl 18. So we learned a lot. We got, we got, and, and we love, we love our, 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 our Houston Raiders, Steve, man. He's always killing us with all this great stuff, man. He's always, he's always dead on. And he threw in the word cojones, you know? <laughs> so, uh, it was great. Anytime it, you can mix in he, uh, uh, cojones or huevos, yeah, man, 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 so, do it. You got to do it. <laughs> and then, of course, we heard James, his second call, and you know, talked about staying positive, man, and it's okay if we go to England. And then, God, you got to love Beto. You know, oh, yeah. coming in there, man, yeah. and, he, and he definitely repping L.A., you know. <laughs> of course, Murph's, you know, it's okay, Murph, because you're, you're, you're sitting there and you're holding, up your, uh, you're holding up your A's bobblehead, but Beto didn't say anything about the Angels. You know, he, he was, it, was oh, all, yeah, it was all yeah, about yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, of course, you know, Mike uh, gave us a plug, another podcast to listen to, Grimy yeah, Nation. Yeah. Good folks over there, uh, and and I love I love Red from Yakima with his brain fart. You know, uh, it was <laughs> yeah. an admit he, he admitted to have a bet a, a brain fart, and then and then you know we lost him, so we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. But but, <laughs> but I I gotta go. I gotta go. It's, I think it's the second time he's got the sizzler. Uh oh. Yep, it's gotta go with B Dog. Sizzler. 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 And the reason I got to go with B Dog on that is because what people don't understand, B Dog's a young man, you know, and he and he's a, and he's a. I love the fact that he's got such great insight for a kid. 
Yeah. You know, and it, and he's done his research and he goes back to the, you know, the old, the old, a lot of stuff that we t- have talked about, the, 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 that the world is against us because we're Raiders fans and everything. But the fact that it's past his bedtime and that he's <laughs> under his blanket on the landline with the flashlight and he's calling us and he goes, I got to be quiet. I gotta be, and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be in bed. I got a big, I got a big test tomorrow morning. And <laughs> that's and, amazing. And, and then, and then he hits that absolutely fantastic line. They're the oh. 49ers because they can't get it to the 50. This guy, this guy might be my replacement on my next, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, uh, Hey, B-Dog, what are you doing for spring break? (laughs) (laughs) Holy mackerel. Good job, B-Dog. And thanks for being such a good sport. I know we pick on you, but... Man, oh man, you uh, you kill it sometimes, and you make me laugh all the time. Oh, so. Great job, great calls, great job on the Sizzler, great job, Uncle Mosh, and I appreciate everybody that joined us this week in the Sea of Fans mailbag. We are Metallica, and we are here for your Oakland Raiders. You know why we are here, and we ain't playing around today. From the Walking Dead to errant Jedi Knights. Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. So the the questions come up a couple times, Murph. Okay, hit the chat, Mosh. On the, on the chat. Read them all, read them all, read them all, read them all. Oh, read them all. my gosh, and they're going, hey, are you guys coming to Vegas for the 2020 draft? Any chance we get to come to Vegas? <laughs> oh, yeah. Q-Dog, Q-Dog responds, yes, they'll be in Vegas by choice or by kidnapping. <laughs> well, no. let me tell you, buddy, uh, if Southwest would let me make my reservations now <laughs> for uh, 14 months away, I might do it. Heck uh, yeah, Yeah, man. man. Absolutely. Uh, we would, oh, we're we would there. love to we're go. There. go I got there. comps at multiple casinos. You're all about the comps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Mosh is a bit of a casino sports uh, uh, participant. Well, no, you know, what do you call it? Uh, are, are you? Can, a you sport, can you be I'm, a casino sport athlete? I'm a, I'm a casino sports activist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. I love. You know, I used to put to people say, "What do you do?" And I'd say, "Oh, you know, I like to hunt and I like to fish and I I, I I coach a lot of sports and I play sports." Now it's like, okay, I hunt and I gamble <laughs> <laughs> and I eat donuts. And yeah, you, yeah, you're all yeah, about yeah, the donuts. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so uh, hey, uh, thank you again to all of you in the way that you uh, participate uh, in Raiders Fan Radio and support our show, and and uh, none better than in the chat every week. And so thank you to Aaron the Q Dog Raider, Chris Potts, James M, Joseph Morales, Dirty Thirty, Eye Patch. I can't scroll up, but uh, I see Ashton is in there. Uh, Hardcore Raider, and so appreciate everybody uh, every week that joins us uh, live here for Raiders Fan Radio. All right, Uncle Mosh, uh, to close out the show this week. I got one more thing for you, and one of our newest segments is the Raiders in Pop Culture segment, and uh, we were sent in, uh, a clip this week. Uh, actually, was, this was a few weeks ago, but I've had so many that it's taken us a little bit to get to it, and, uh, and I'm referring to clips that were feature former or current Raiders players uh, in some form of pop culture, so that could be a television commercial or a movie or a song or whatever that may be. We've heard Matuzak do stand-up. We've had a lot of right. different things uh so um uh, just when johnny uh our buddy sent this a while ago again a few weeks ago and this was 
uh, a Malcolm in the Middle episode, which is an old Fox sitcom, uh, a Malcolm in the Middle episode featuring Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw. And I believe the setup is this, that they're both opposing coaches uh, of youth hockey teams. So you're going to hear Howie in here. You're going to hear a lot of Terry Bradshaw, but you're going to hear Howie as well. Let's go ahead and check that clip out. Hey, Coach, there's Laverian. I hear she might actually have a team this year. I think we ought to adjust the front line. Clarence. Clarence. What? Oh, hey, Lavernia. I was afraid you'd show your face. But I thought I was afraid you'd play me just that you'd show your face. <laughs> Hello, Clarence. I thought you only gave your pep talks in your van. Uh, you get a boyfriend one of these days, you'll have that moment of bliss, and then you'll bite his head off and lay it right next down his decapitated body. Oh, is that comment necessary? That's exactly why people don't like you. People like me. All right, there's there's Howie and Terry on... Uh, on uh, on Malcolm in the Middle, of course they they're on Malcolm in the Middle, which was a Fox show because right, right. Uh, they do the Fox pregame show. Sure. All right, so uh, so that was pretty good. Uh, and then uh, you know, knowing and watching just enough, uh, knowing the rapport that these two guys have with with one another, uh, I love it. I think it's great. I know you like Bradshaw. We ha- yeah. again oh, another yeah. guy hated him as a player, but if I saw him in real life, I'd shake oh his hand because he's funny. Absolutely, he's absolutely funny. So um, one of my favorite things that they did. Uh, uh, recently was Howie and, and Terry, you know, Rob Riggle, I'm bouncing around a little bit. I know Rob Riggle does this, um, uh, prediction segment on, on, on each show. Uh, and, uh, he'll do like skits, like comedy skits. And so one of them that he did recently was, uh, people impersonating Terry Bradshaw. Well, one of the people impersonating Terry was of course Howie, and so this is really really funny. So here's Howie Long impersonating Terry Bradshaw, and listen to the way it ends, man. It's absolutely fantastic. Terry will be played by my favorite movie actor. I'm Terry Bradshaw. Four rings, four. Bald is beautiful. I can't buy my keys. It's a playoffs. I'm looking to lose a few pounds. I'm on the paleo carbo diet. I'm down a few. Oh, my shingles. Whoops. I think I pooped. <laughs> that's the best. Uh, Listen to that again. Oh, my shingles. Whoops. I think I pooped. <laughs> I think I pooped. I think I pooped. Oh, man. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, it cracks me up, man. I that's think I pooped. so funny. Anyways, good job, Howie Long, oh, man. My. Howie Long, man. You know, he's... Uh, Look, you know, we, we often do the question about the Mount Rushmore of Raiders. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, ambassadors to Raider Nation, ambassadors to the Raiders that are currently out front and, and, and in the public eye on the regular, I mean, it's him and Woodson to me. Like, it's, right, I mean, because, right. you know, Madden's, you know, pretty much in retirement for all intents and purposes. And, of course, we lost Al a while ago. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it, to me it's, 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 uh, it's Howie and Charles Woodson. So, anyways, great stuff there. All right, Uncle Mosh, uh, that's all we got for this episode so, of Raiders Fan Radio. You got anything um, before we get out of here? Well, you and I, when we were watching the uh, when we were watching the Super Bowl last week, uh, it didn't start out really good. You know, uh, we were like, okay, so I started making a list 
of things that had to do <laughs> okay. with the Raiders. Oh, right, right, right. right. Okay. That had okay. to do All with right. the Raiders right. during the Super Bowl. Okay. And since you're talking about Howie, yeah. uh, Chris Long, Howie's kid, there we go. won the Walter Payton Award. Very cool. So that's a Raider connection to Absolutely. last week's Super Bowl. And of course, America the Beautiful, the first song that was sung, but was sung first at a Super Bowl at our Super Bowl in 77. That's exactly right. And then I started eating chips, and that's all I got was to- <laughs> <laughs> Well, here you go. I'll tell you what. I'll give a third one for you then. Okay. During that segment, when Chris Long won the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, yeah. the only person not wearing a suit amongst the, the, the candidates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn, man. That was awesome. You know, uh, Mikey and I were talking about that on, on Mondays with Mikey Murph this past Monday. We did a kind of post-Super Bowl special. And uh, he took umbrage with the idea that, that Marshawn didn't. I didn't uh, at all. And and the reason why is that part of that, of our Super Bowl show that we did on Sunday, we talked about how Madden and really the rest of the Raiders, but Madden was the one that set the tone. They didn't care about optics. They didn't care about what things looked like. They care about scoring points and winning football games and ultimately championships. That's all they cared about. They didn't care about what they looked like. And so that, to me, Marshawn is just carrying on that sentiment that started way back in the 70s and just is still going on to this day. So I, I think Marshawn was awesome. And you just do you, Marshawn. You don't, That's right. You don't need to be worried. That's right. Well, listen, thanks, everybody, for coming in tonight. Thanks, Q-Dog, our capo, Ron, our Mater Raider, and 24-Karat Kev, the cool-ass Raider fan. But thanks for listening tonight. For Murph, this is your old Uncle Mosh. You've been listening to Raiders Fan Radio, where we take a lighter side journey into the dark side. And don't forget, what happens in Vegas started in Oakland. I don't want to share a city with a team nicknamed the 49ers because they can never make it to the 50-yard line. Anyway, I had a thought. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. 
See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. <laughs>